All right, guys, we're back. Um, today we have Jack Merriwell and Brandon Patrick. Two, uh, well, you guys already know Brandon. He's been on a couple times. One of the funniest dudes I know. And we got Jack Merriwell is another very, very funny comic. He's been doing it for like 10 years. He's got his first album release coming out. The Decline and Fall of Jack Merriwell. February 14th. It's available everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, all that stuff. Um, show this dude some support and listen to it. Buy it. Um, how you know? Consume it however you can. And enjoy this episode, guys. This was a really fun conversation. I enjoyed meeting him. And um, hey, don't forget about Primordial Soup. The event that I'm putting on February 17th, you guys, at the Rhino in North Kansas City. Go to eventbrite.com. Just search Neandertalk and it'll come up. Get your tickets, 10 bucks. I mean, for the amazing performers that I have showing up, it's, it's worth 10 bucks. Um, I'd be awesome to see you guys out there too. Get a picture. Uh, get you know, I want to get a picture with you guys. I want to take a picture with everybody. What can I say? <laughs> Um, I love you guys. Here we go. Jack Merriwell. Go support this dude. Follow him on Facebook at Jack Merriwell. Listen to the album. All that good stuff. Brandon Patrick. Follow him too. Don't forget about him. His 30 for 30 for 30. You can still get that album. It's hilarious. Uh, without any further ado, here is this week's episode. I would tell you what number it is, but uh, I don't know what number I'm on right now. I'm going to take a swig of this drink real quick. Welcome to the Inner Talk Podcast. We'll know topic is off limits. Now here's your host, my daddy, and Roida Soul. Oh, Thank you for coming to the Inner Talk Podcast. Room to one, Three, two, one. Here we go. We're yeah. live. We're live. Oh, man. Hey. We We're live. Jack Merriwell? Yes, that's right. Brandon Patrick? Brandon Patrick. Everybody. He actually goes by his stage name is Jerk Merriwad. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do look familiar. I've been to the Rhino a few times. I think I might have seen you oh, up there. Awesome. Yeah, I, I go up there fairly regularly. I've been up. I've tried a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Not that good, but <laughs> well, that's I fair. get some laughs. All right. Well, that's all that counts. That's something. Uh-huh. That's all that counts. He went, over, he went, I think it was Hagio twice, and it was. The first time was horrible. No, it wasn't. You say that, but I've seen first times go horrible. Really? Yeah. It's hard because I, 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 I get up there with like shit in my mind. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And then you get up there and you forget how bright the lights are. And then it just kind of, not stage fright, but it feels different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You feel like yeah. I want to get up there and feel like I'm talking to my friends. and da, da, But it feels and sounds a little bit different. So there's like a real comfort level that you got to get comfortable with. You know what yeah. it is? It's like when you walk into a room mm -hmm. and everyone shifts their focus to you yeah and you kind of you have that moment of like oh uh okay you know that's stand up for me like every moment it's like okay i have all their attention i either have to keep it or lose it and i nine times out of ten want to keep it so it's like all right what, what can i say to corral these kids and to make sure they have a good time yeah and it invariably you're just up there looking at the one guy who's just sitting there arms crossed like yeah what Huh? Make me laugh. Yeah. I'm too cool people for around this. Him laughing their asses off, and you're just like, that's the guy you gravitate to. Oh yeah. Now nah, fuck that guy. Oh dude, that was my dad during my album taping. <laughs> 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 he 
You had your dad there, huh? Uh, my mom. Hosted His mom it. introed him. Yeah, yeah, my mom hosted it. My dad was there. Are your parents pretty cool? No. No. I mean, we're cool, but uh, no, I know not like they're not hip. They don't go out very often. They just kind of stay. Was in. that the first time they've been to one of your shows? Uh, no, no. Sometimes when I open for Hughley, they'll come out, but they, they've never, they've never seen me headline. So they'll go for like the bigger shows, like mm-hmm. DLs in town. They'll come out. Yeah, you know, Cedric's in town. They'll come out. It's like Brandon's in town. All right, tell us how it went. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's funny. Like I, I would be, I don't want to say so nervous, but I'd be pretty apprehensive to have my parents, yeah, show up to something like that because I'm, you know, it's comedy, yeah. Especially when you're new, it's not not dangerous, but you know how people are. They get they try to be as offensive or as yeah. dark or as off the walls as they can. <clears throat> I don't know. I'd feel. I don't know. They brought friends with them too, so like, <laughs> I only let thirty people in the building. Right, and then they brought like six, and I was like, mm. "That's gonna be a hard chunk to make laugh." <laughs> <laughs> you were so you did the thirty for thirty for thirty. Yeah. How, so how important was that to have only thirty people there? Um, only thirty people, like like. It was the most important, and it was a logistical nightmare, and I would never do anything like it ever again. Yeah, it sounds. On a Wednesday night at ten thirty. Oh damn! Yeah, I had, yeah. <laughs> Brandon is a guy who, if he as soon as he has an idea that he kind of thinks is cool, he is, his life is committed to yeah, it. Yeah, I right. He's beyond impulsive. Yeah, and so That's he like good. pitched this idea to us. He's like, "What if I did an album for thirty people?" And we're like, "You sure you don't want 200 <laughs> And He's like, "No, 30. And we're 30. like, 30. All right, man. Like, <laughs> not thirty-one, no. not twenty-nine. Dude, we were so because I had like a sign-in <clears throat> sheet, mm-hmm. and so. We're sitting backstage, and you know the guy's like, "All right, we're at twenty nine, or we're at twenty seven, we're at twenty nine, we're, at, you know, blah blah blah." And I was uh, saving a seat for my girlfriend, and then he's like, "Hey, so and so came with six people." And I'm like, "Tell him to get lost." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, he just wants the support." And I'm like, "Yeah, but he can't." Like, Where was it? Uh, the Rhino. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a weird room to do thirty in. Um, How come? Because it. Does that the feel ceilings, empty? It feels, it doesn't feel empty, but it feels, it doesn't feel full. Okay. You know, it's like, oh shit, we need. You I think need that, 70 in there. That really, 70? yeah. Because there's too much space in between the people. Okay. And it just, any silence is like magnified. And that the bar is through an open doorway. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a nightmare with the sound pickup where it's like, if people are talking over there, it's like. You need the, you kind of need to have it full to really make sure you're drowning that out. So it's I gotcha. Like, oh boy, I like the Rhino. It's pretty fun. I'm like I'm doing a I'm doing an event there. Yeah. Um, February seventeenth. I got Brandon's gonna perform. I got a couple, and then Aaron mm-hmm. Scarborough. Scarborough. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. <laughs> Man, he's got the the R in a weird Scarborough place. or something. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm doing a live podcast with uh, Sean Edwards. He's the Box Four movie critic. And then I got two hip-hop artists performing, uh, two music acts, hip-hop acts. Got Lucid Flows and Lou, Lou Rip, which are, they're phenomenal. They're really good. And then Shevin is performing, and he's dope. He just had a, a video and a song with Tech 9 a couple months ago. Nice. It's going to be a really cool show. Yeah. And I'm worried about getting people there. That's like the first time I've ever done yeah. something like this. So I'm like... 
I ho- I just hope I can get 30 people. That's kind of like my yeah. goal. Well, and you're you're doing it through Scarborough, right? Um, he's kind of helping me out. Yeah, yeah, he's He'll really good at filling it. He's, he's so fantastic. Good at that. Okay. Yeah. We just started a company, and he was like the first guy. We were like, we need to get him involved, or it's gonna be stupid. Yeah, what's your? Are you guys are doing the company together? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your company? It's called Alien at Home. Yeah, it's called Confident Squid. Confident Squid. Yep. Okay. And uh, what we do is uh, sort of be- bring together artists and um, graphic designers and and recording artists and that sort of thing to provide um, any products that an independent artist might need. Like whether it's posters, whether it's you want to record an album, we can get that booked. If you want to get the album art. We can get that done. Actually, my my album that we've got right there uh, is the first Confident Squid product. Nice. It's, uh, it's called The Decline and Fall of Jack Marywell, and uh, it's coming out February 14th. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Um, it's available for pre-order right now, iTunes and Amazon, or on jackmarywell.com if you want a uh, physical copy. And uh, February 13th, we're actually doing a show at the Rhino to promote it as well. Oh, yep. sweet. It's the release party. Um, we've got a bunch of great Kansas City comics on there. Um and if people want to come out to that before are, they come hit yours, are there a bunch of great Kansas City comics? Uh, absolutely, yeah. are there? It's surprising. Yeah, okay. there, uh, they. There's about ten. Yeah, there's about I'd, ten. I'd go with that. Okay, and yeah. if you get yeah. four of them on a show, that's pretty sweet. It's like, oh, okay, it's forty percent of so Kansas like, City. Those guys are in town at the same time. Oh, okay, I have to see that show. Okay, there's. And then there's like a, n- a number of guys that it's like, I will do anything to avoid that show. <laughs> <laughs> really? You know, there's a lot of shows that it's like. How? I'm only familiar with, as far as the local scene goes, with the open mic at Rhino. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, yeah, you get, yeah, it's an open mic. So yep. you get a lot of. It's a, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You get some yeah. funny people up there for sure. Definitely some funny people. Yeah. But then you get other people up there, and it's, you know. Any, any open mic's going to be like that, though. For sure. It's fun. I mean, I yeah. like it. I like watching people struggle up there. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, I like that uncomfortable awkwardness of someone up there bombing. Yeah. It's hilarious. I love it when someone is just so, oh, I'm about to kill it. Like, their first time, and they're <laughs> oh. like, Oh, I've been. I was actually born to do this. I've been doing stand up since I was a baby. Like, and then they go up there, and it's just, it's it's always awful. Like, mm-hmm. it's never gone. Not since Eddie Murphy <laughs> has that person been like, "I'm gonna kill," and then killed. Like, yeah. I one of my favorite things I've seen recently with open mics actually was at the Rhino this past Wednesday. Because, uh, well, you've been out a few times, and mm-hmm. it's it's remarkable among comedy open mics, and there's always 20 or 30 people there that aren't comics that just want to watch comedy. Right. It's pretty cool. It's a, it's absurd. And there's a group of people that have only ever done open mic at the Rhino. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're quite aware of what the reality is, where most open mics like, oh, two, tight. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for the first time in a long time, the Rhino open mic this Wednesday had – like almost no one and it was just funny to watch like newer people go up and be like oh no like <laughs> they just have no idea how to handle oh there's a packed room 
an anti-packed room. Oh, an anti-packed room. There's three people in here that aren't on the list. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that is hard to do. Like, I I did it uh, towards the end when there's only five or six. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's probably maybe 10 or 12. Um, last time, one time I went, I was hanging out with Brandon outside, and then they called my name up, and I didn't know. Yep. And that was... There was a that was a pretty packed time. That was a good show. There would have been a lot of people of me going up there, and I missed out and had to wait to go in the end with like five or six people. It was like the very last one to go on, but wow. it's fun. Yeah, I took a dude up there, and he did this thing. Yeah, he did the I'm gonna kill. I, you're gonna laugh your dick off. Wait till you see this. It's like all right, man. Show me. Yeah. <laughs> and so he goes up there, and I recorded his set, and it was so bad. Yeah. He knew it was kind of bad, and then I sent. He didn't know I recorded it, and then I sent it to him. He's like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, man." My first video uh, was at the Looney Bin in Oklahoma City. Uh, first time I ever did stand up. We filmed it, and my this is back when cameras. People forget that like eleven years ago, to bring a camera to an event wasn't just a phone. You had to bring like a. A, a shoulder-mounted deal or a handy cam like or a handy cam. My buddy had like the shoulder mount <laughs> with the, you know, the little tapes and you know. So we're back there and the owner's like, you can't bring a news camera in here and it's, <laughs> it's not a news camera, it's just a big camera. It's like a, they made independent films. Okay. And so we're filming my first set, and it's it's a first set. You know, it's bad, but I've been on Facebook all day. I'm about to blow it up at the loony bin, like blah, blah, blah. And so we get home and we're looking at the video and we're just drinking and we're miserable. Like this, this sucks. <laughs> and so we're like, it's still out there. My first stand up set um, to sort of accentuate what I thought were the punchlines. <laughs> we drop in like clip art. Okay. So like my grandpa's here and then there's like a clip art of an old dude. I was talking about Superman. There's like clip art of Superman right. and it's like this is when we did it we're like dude this this is the next level. <laughs> and then we put it out um and everyone was like Yeah, you know, just keep practicing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just keep going after it. Just uh yeah, you know, if there's something you want to do, you know. You got your first one, Jack, on recording or anything? No, I don't have it on recording. Um, I do. I remember it though. I mean, it it went okay, but in my head, it was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I smashed that. Really? Because like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there were laughs in the room, right? But like looking back on it, it's like, bro, <laughs> like I stumbled across my set list from that night one time, like recently. I'm just looking through it, and I'm just like just baffled like what does this even mean like (laughs) what are these sentences i've done that like i've tried i try writing stuff i can't go up on stage with a a notebook or anything i can't good i can't do that good but i try to write stuff ahead of time and so i write a whole you know i've got all kinds of things and then sometimes i'll come back to it be like what the fuck does this mean i didn't write out the whole joke i just wrote like a premise yeah. Like what the fuck was I thinking when I wrote? Where's where this? Try, where was I, my brain going at this point? When I get super high, I'll I'll do that and I'll be like, oh, this is you nailed it. Last yeah. night I saw a freestanding toilet for the first time ever. What's a freestanding toilet? I know exactly. You never seen one before. Never even heard of one. Okay, so imagine a toilet in the middle of a room, with no walls by it. What kind of toilet? A commode? Like a just like a, yeah, regular? Yeah, yeah, like a white porcelain. Okay. Yeah. So with this building that we were in, there was a toilet in the middle of the room. I was like, this is fucking weird. And it is a little bit weird. 
and no one's <clears throat> it's not something you see ever but it's also not 100% worth bringing someone to show them <laughs> it wasn't like an unfinished bathroom no it was totally finished that's how it was supposed that's to be how it, that's how they wanted it huh and I would bring people and they're like oh that is weird what else I was like, no, 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 that's, that's it. it, that's it, that's, all, that's a, all I have. Just, just a just... toilet in the middle of a room? Yeah. Well, and he, he was hitting me up on Facebook about this last night, <laughs> and he forgot to attach a picture, so he's just like, uh, yeah, you ever see a freestanding toilet? And that was the whole Facebook <laughs> message, and I'm like, where are you going with this? What are you, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> My reaction was your first reaction, but then there was no follow-up. Yeah. He was yeah. just out of his mind it left like it there 20 minutes later that i was like oh also here's the picture <laughs> was it like a unisex bathroom just gone yeah it's like or? a weird huh. like anyone can shower take a bath here take a shit it was okay. like a weird room but it's interesting i guess i was with these comics i'd never met before and so i like to get into shenanigans um so i'm like i'll explore a building that we're in like you know they're like all right you're the show's here and i'm like yeah but i'm gonna walk around the whole building and they're like, eh, okay, fine. <laughs> so I'm like walking around and I'm like, dude, you got to see this. And they're like, should we be up here? And I'm like, who cares? Oh, don't worry about that. We're like, adults. Come see it. And Scooby-Doo style. And they're like, is this it? At one point it was like, a, I had a chick with me. She's a female comedian. And I brought her upstairs to this bathroom. And I like shut the door behind her. And she was like, so what now? And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. no I just... I just isn't that weird? And she's like, it, it, "It's weird, but not as weird as this." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay, you're obsessed with this thing." It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and the the true beauty of it is last night he was <clears throat> <laughs> fucked up enough to be like, you know what, everyone needs to hear about this. Yeah. And then well, now right he now he's like, you know what, everyone needs to hear about how no one needed to hear about this. <laughs> right. <laughs> I loved it. But you didn't take it. Oh, you did take a picture. I got a couple of pictures. I'll look. I'll send them to you. I can't wait. Yeah, don't worry. Oh, I don't, trust me. I'm not worried. It's kind of. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> if you went in this bathroom, you'd be worried. If you brought me in there and shut the door behind you, yeah. I might be. <laughs> oh man, if I yeah, that was it. a that was a bold move right there. Yeah, it wasn't even like a thought. It was just like a like I did it, and like I an like, innocent type. Just, yeah, hey, check this like, out. Yeah. Oh, well, isn't it cool? And then I was like, oh shit. Uh, okay. What now? And then we just smoked weed in there. It was fine. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. What what was that moment of oh let me close this door like why why would that even be a thing you did because I didn't because we weren't supposed to be in that room a hundred percent so I'm like, let me just close the door so that if somebody's walking by they don't see people just uh -huh. wandering into a build you know mm. they just assume that whatever's in there is what's supposed to be happening in there smoking weed yeah that's what we bathrooms came, are for yeah we came out with the gigs <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jack, so you said you kind of used to smoke weed. Yeah. And it was it was hindering your comedy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I spent a couple of years there where I was smoking daily, and I just I couldn't smoke a little. Like, if I started on a day, I, I was going until I was catatonic. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, I was saying before the podcast, like, I probably had a year and a half where I wrote, like, two bits. <laughs> I just would go to work, get home, get stoned, and do nothing and occasionally go out on a gig and do a set but like oh, it was rough what made you like what was what was like the turning point where you're like all right i can't do this anymore i have to stop smoking and start getting more more in touch with my craft i don't know that there was a individual like single turning point as much as like i just slowly came to the realization that like hey i'm doing 
the exact same 30 minutes that I was doing two and a half years ago. And uh, maybe I need to change some shit up. And you know, I was drinking a lot too. And it was like, I, I got to, and I wasn't feeling good. And I was, I was real heavy at the, at the time. And it was just like, oh, I'm not healthy. I'm not creative. I'm just kind of doing this day job and nothing else. And I was like, eventually I just got to a point where I was like, I, I'm going to, I got to live clean for a little bit, <laughs> a little while. And, uh, it, it's helped a lot. I've written a ton and it's, it's, I've been a lot better in basically every aspect of my life since then. And I still will, you know, occasionally drink, occasionally, uh, occasionally smoke up, but nothing like it used to be. Huh? I think I smoked with you the last time you smoked. Yep. In, <laughs> uh, up in Iowa, Iowa. <laughs> oh man. We, we had a get up gig up there. Um, Cedar Rapids is where they lived. Cedar Falls. They lived in Cedar Falls. Which is just a tiny town. Mm-hmm. It's a college like a, town. Yeah. Those are fun. But it's like a community college town. <laughs> like Oh, well, that's a little different. Yeah, it's like weird. There might be a college there. It was like it's northern Iowa or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, not not Iowa State, that's for sure. I've been to northern Iowa. Maybe it was Dubuque. I think yeah. I was in Dubuque laying floors. Dubuque's nice. And it was a it was a college town, I think. I don't know. It seemed like a young kind of, I don't know. There was a couple of clubs we went out to, and it was filled with young people having fun. I thought they were in college, but. Dubuque's pretty hip. Yeah. Well, seemed kind of cool for <laughs> Iowa. But we were. This this booker was like, all right, you're going to stay with us. It was this guy and his wife, and like he produced two of the shows. His wife produced the other. And it was like a Friday to Sunday or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we. Uh, we drive up to their house, you know, and we're walking in and we've been texting them for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, hey, uh, we're here. Not getting any response. So we just like go up and we just knock on the door and no response for a while. And then eventually the door cracks and they peek out and the guy opens the door. And the first thing he says to us is, you got a cop knock. <laughs> just a cloud of pot smoke yeah. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. so like we go and do the first show I come back and they're like hey you guys want to smoke and it's like yeah we're in for the night fuck it let's let's, let's party it up and uh and i had already started losing a little bit of weight at this point and also i hadn't smoked in probably two or three years oh dang and so my tolerance was nothing but right. I had no reason to know my tolerance was nothing. Like a baby or, giraffe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, wobbly legs. Like a... So I, I don't know how much I smoked, but I it I was blazing immediately. And we're just sitting in their living room. And I just remember having these moments where like they had like a window mounted air conditioner <laughs> that my head was right by. So okay. I can't hear shit. Oh, it was on? Yeah. yeah. It's running right in my head. And I'm just stoned as a motherfucker. <laughs> And uh, every once in a while, I would just slowly become aware that someone was talking in my direction. <laughs> and I'd have to, like, lean forward out of the air conditioner sound so to hear what them. they said and then respond and then just lean back. And, uh, gosh, that was uh, – that house was one of the worst accommodations I've, I've had never been a less gracious house guest. <laughs> I didn't appreciate one second of their hospitality. I remember, were they pretty hospitable? Yeah, they were. Super, dude, they were very nice. Okay, I just couldn't have cared there less. Were, there was a couple of misunderstandings. Okay, oh my God. where so I'm I'm vegan as well. Oh jeez. And uh, one of the, one of the things they offered is like part of the 
compensation package was, oh, we'll cook for you. And I, I you know, before we got to the gig, I, we'd gone to the store and I'd gotten some shit for me to eat because mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't want to impose. Right. And so she was like, oh, let me start cooking stuff. And I was like, oh, I, I've got it. I'm vegan. You know, don't worry yourself. Mm-hmm. But like she felt, I guess she felt bad and she was like, no, 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 let me try to find something. And, you know, bless her heart, but I mean, she put together this her solution, this salad <laughs> that was like lettuce or cabbage or something. Cabbage. I think it was cabbage. Oh, my God. It's coleslaw. Like quartered tomatoes and like straight vinegar. The, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? You're and, from Iowa. You should know how to make a salad. <laughs> and I'm, Dude. I am just stoned out of my mind. And so the. Like, as I'm watching her make it, I'm not sure that she's doing it for me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, just kind of like, oh, I hope I hope she just felt like a salad. I hope that's <laughs> what this is. And then eventually she comes over with plates for everyone. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm looking at this, and it doesn't even occur to me to say no thanks. Because I'm just too stoned to even, like, feel that I have that much power in the <laughs> social situation. And so I'm just sitting here struggling through this thing. And I'm, it's awful. And uh, eventually, she uh, she like leaves the room, and Brandon turns around, and just throws his away, and I was like, I could do that? <laughs> no! Oh my god, I could have done that the whole time. I threw like a whole plate away. Did was, she eat it? Yeah. yeah, dude. And then, <sighs> but the she chicken? made me buffalo wings. So can't. Yeah. So okay. Hard to fuck those up. Oh, right. Oh, but she right? found a way. She sure did. So these were like frozen Tyson anytizers, even harder to fuck up. Right. So she she's cooking them on a rotating pizza cooker. So this is a thing that a rotating pizza cooker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not this, mad at it. This only has of the whole circle, only ever twenty five percent is being heated directly. <laughs> okay. Oh. And it's only enough <laughs> to like cook cheese. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's it. The temperature of the heating element is not the internal temperature you need to bring chicken to. Yeah, or like, pizza. Pizza is supposed to be cooked at a hot temperature. Well, it's a pizza reheater. Yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> this like is the pizza's not a, already been cooked. This is not fuck's a pizza reheater. Oh yeah, my god, it's a weird device. It's like you put your pizza in the fridge, pop it on here, and it'll melt the cheese again. Somebody and bought she's that, trying huh? to cook pizza or chicken wings. Chicken from wings raw. on it. <laughs> Jeez. And she was like, Iowa. She's like, how many do you want? And I was like, of those? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I was like, none. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have zero of those. And then, like, the conversation was getting weird. And I was like, we're passing these joints around. I was like, how many how many more joints do you think we'll have in, in the course of the night? And they're like, probably three or four. And they were, like, pre-rolled. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. And so I just took two and I went downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> you abandoned out. me. Yeah. He didn't come back for like another hour. Yeah, they kept me kept me hostage. Trying, yeah. he the guy kept trying to get me to tell him the first long joke I ever wrote. Hmm. And Is I'm, this a real comedy nerd and just wanted to I, talk shop with you or I, what? He did, and it's like it was kind of a weird thing. Wait, direction to take the conversation just made all the more impassable by how stoned I was. Where I was like, I can't focus on. I couldn't name colors if you quizzed me right now. <laughs> trying to make me remember a bit I did seven years ago. <laughs> Your first long, long joke, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, 
He was probably like that open mic guy that knew that just knew he was gonna slay it. That I was like, <laughs> I have got the greatest question for comics when they come over, <laughs> dude. And the the next day, you want some more water, man? Oh yeah, it'd be great. Thank you. Uh, the ne- the next day, he like cornered me and got me to like tell him the joke, perform the bit. He had me perform the bit for him on I his can't couch. You're doing all this for him? Uh, well, I mean, dude, we had- he was so accommodate he was like anything they would ask jack was like okay i can figure out a way to do. and i was you're like, raised right <laughs> yeah i could not be you were raised like an animal yeah i was like perform a bit no you'll you'll pay me tonight to do that yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> but like he heard it and he liked it and it was like oh you should do that tonight and oh I was wow like, i don't know about that yeah and like the rest of the gig he would he would just be like hey you uh you forgot the uh <laughs> it's like no i didn't forget it yeah man it's just you not would think someone anymore, that's dude. putting on comedy shows would have a little more that's sense than think. that you would think that but again it's iowa dude it's northern northern iowa god dog those are just uh eastern iowa something like i don't know they're kind of probably still stuck in like the late 90s right <laughs> yeah. oh yeah they had malls they have malls that are being used well, ish, ish, yeah. Oh man, so that mall. Okay, we went to a place called Who Hut, which is. I've like, heard of Who Hut. It's yeah. like a Mongolian yeah, yeah, type yeah. place. Yeah. I was too stoned to even approach figuring out this concept. Northern Iowa's got good weed, huh? Uh, this dude did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the rest of the situation. Yeah. This guy was killing it, <laughs> and uh, so like above the food, they've got kind of like, oh, you can try these recipes. Because gotcha. you basically get a bowl and you just put your shit in the bowl and then you bring it to the cook mm-hmm. and then he throws it on the grill. Dude, I could not have figured it out <laughs> at all. I'm like putting shit in the bowl. I'm like, oh, they got raw eggs. And Jack's like, don't fucking put eggs in there unless you know you want eggs. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, no, dude, they got raw eggs. I'm like, let's see what happens. Yeah, you just get stoned and you start seeing shit. Oh, this yeah. sounds good. That sounds good. That's, let's put it all together. Yeah. <laughs> dude, it's like unlimited lobster and crabs. Like, oh, man, I'm putting that in there. Dang. I'm putting that. And it's like, Everything I, I would have had just a bowl of that. It was just inedible. I just kept making like inedible fucking creations, <laughs> and they're free. Oh, you, you can keep like, going back and making. Yeah, you them. keep going oh, back. I it's gotcha. all you can eat, and that's a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I think my my favorite part of that gig was the sleeping situation. I, I, it's I. Funny ended they up, just had a house. They just said, "Hey, come stay at our comedy yeah. house." Huh? So yeah, so uh, we were in the basement, and as we're walking down for the first time. Brandon's leading me down the stairs and he turns around and he goes, do you smell black mold? <laughs> I was like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, so we, we get downstairs and there's two beds. One is like a big, like full size, like bed bed. Mm-hmm. And the other is just twin mattress on the floor. <laughs> and I'm immediately like, that one's mine. Look at the big one. I call it. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck. And so we go over. And at this point I'm still probably 330 pounds. Wow. Yeah. And wow. he's a big boy. I go to put my shit on the bed and immediately realize it's an air mattress. Oh. And I'm like, oh, this might not work out. And Brandon, seeing it's an air mattress, is like, oh, you already called it. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I've got this air mattress. And so Brandon won the yeah. bed situation. <laughs> until, Were there any winners? Until yeah. later that night. We're trying to get to sleep. And I hear one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I'm sitting here making this bed into a u shape with my weight sure and i'm just like god i can't believe i lost the bed situation you can hear the air hissing <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden like we're we're quieting down it's been like 20 minutes since anyone said anything and then brandon goes hey hey jack and i was like what and he goes i'm gonna say there's 
too many spiders over here. Oh, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, dude. I was covered in spider bites the next day. Oh. Yeah. So I did win. Yeah. It was All around. horrible. Oh. Horrible. I wonder if anybody is telling these people about their experiences when staying at this place. I don't like think Like, if they keep having comics on, over, you think eventually some of them might just be like, hey, word would get around. Like, hey, maybe not I stay. I think the word certainly got around. I just don't think it ever got back to them. Like, I would tell them. I'd be like, look, guys, <laughs> I like being here. You guys have good weed and are generous with it, but this bed situation's got to be figured out. It know? was like his kid's room, too. Uh, was it? Oh, yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, it was like his kid's room. It's like. Kids yeah, just getting yeah. eaten by spiders all. Just getting that kid's Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> he better be. <laughs> there's no other there's no other acceptable answer uh than that kid's got superpowers now. Yeah. God, that was that was nuts. Those shows were good though. They're fun crowds. Two of them. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I almost got that guy killed. And I almost got myself killed. Uh oh. Uh oh. Going into a small town and So he f- so I like to walk around before a show, you know, like walk around a venue, like just explore the space, get to know the people, see what's going on. Okay. But only for like an hour, like an hour right before you go up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. I'll walk around right before I'll perform. Okay. And just walk in and perform. Okay. That's what I love. I love just walking in and walking on stage. Like I don't like to hang out. So I was walking around this campus. They've got a beautiful campus and I was walking around having a great time. Found this Indian restaurant. I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I love Indian food, so I got some Indian food. And for some reason on this night, not because of, like, merit or performance or anything, just because this dude was a weird booker, he was like, we're going to switch it, and you're going to headline tonight. Like, in the car on the way to the gig, he decided that. Okay. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so now I've got all this time to walk around and, like, explore the city. And I'm eating this Indian food, and I've never before immediately gotten sick but like i immediately like my body was like we got to get this the fuck out and we got to get this out right now oh yeah and then it was like coming to the stage i was like hey dude (coughs) i'm gonna do 25 minutes and at 25 minutes you need to light me so i can get off the stage because i i I don't know that i can hold it for much longer i can't believe you went up there to begin with well when you hear that when you know got that bubbly going and you know it's coming i'm not i'm comics have a way of like putting sick off for like just enough to perform yeah it's like an amazing skill that we can just lock it in for like an hour and then it's like you know like right now i'm on mushrooms and i'm feeling them and i'm like you have to power through and not be visibly on mushrooms or you'll ruin everyone's night. Getting okay. a little, little loose in the legs. Yeah, kind of feeling it. Nice. But it's like, okay, you got to maintain. You can't focus on this or you'll start masturbating. And that's not, you know, that's not what anyone wants. I'll point the cameras up so people don't <laughs> see you. It'll be fine. So we're, <laughs> I'm feeling bad. I did probably 45 minutes that night. And it's because he's like, Oh, you're just doing well. I didn't want to light you. Wow, this it's guy's like, the worst. No, man. Like, I <laughs> didn't want to do that time. Like, <laughs> he just didn't get it. He just didn't get it. And I think he's out of comedy now. I think so. Or comedy's out of him. One or the, one <laughs> or the other. But but he was just like the booker and the... Okay. Yeah, but he just didn't... Well, he went up as well. He was a comic. Oh, he was a comic, oh, too. Yeah. Right. Was he funny? No. No. 
I gave him a joke that to my to this day I'm like that was like the best joke ever, and he he didn't even get it. But did he try it? No, he had this long bit about bathing his son, and like seeing his son's penis, and like his son seeing his penis, and the he's like, Dad, stepdad's dick is bigger than your dick, and like it's like this weird. No, it was the like, other way around. Oh no, his dick was bigger than the stepdad's dick, and so that he was like, "Oh, well, I've at least got that over my ex-wife," and it's like, that's nothing, man. It doesn't mean anything. And and there's I call a- bullshit on that story. Yeah, and it's. It- I don't think that conversation ever happened with this kid. I think he made it up. And there's a point in the conversation where it's his kid looks at him and goes, "How come your thing is bigger than my thing?" And then that just trailed off and didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And Brandon gave him. I gave him this. He's like, Dad, why is your penis different than my penis? And it's like, well, son, because yours isn't hard. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's all you need. It is. That turned a four minute ramble into a 30 second bit. Yeah. He just was like, I don't I don't think that would be. I don't think that would ever work. And it's (laughs) like, dude, are you kidding me? You should have performed it in front of him just just to show him that it worked. That's hilarious. Right? I like it. Dude, I, every time I think of that bit, I'm like that, I wasted it on that fucking guy. Just never. Well, he's not going to use it, so you can, uh, I mean, I guess you really can't use it. I, I got a kid. I can use it. I got a kid. There you go. I just stole it. There it is. <laughs> I'm going to use it next time I go up to Rhino. There, there it is. You go. This Wednesday night, everybody, 8 p.m., Rhino, North Kansas City. <laughs> Come watch uh, at least me. Maybe you guys will be there. I don't know. Am I in town? I'm in town. I think. This Wednesday, it's there's no open mic. No. Next Wednesday, then. Why not this week? We got something going on. Super Bowl. That's Sunday, though. Yeah, I think it's a <laughs> band in town or something. Okay. That was that was booked. You guys, uh, I guess there's another place too. Bar- bottom Bar- bar- barrel of the bottoms. Bar- barrel of the bottoms. Mm-hmm. You guys yeah. go to that place? Yeah, I've been I was there, there last times, night. Yeah. That was where I was last night. That's okay. the weird bathroom situation. Oh, that's where the situation yeah. is. What's that place all about? I've heard a couple people talk about it. It seems kind of cool. Studio. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, but they've got like a got a very small venue where they do like little house shows, and mm-hmm. they've got a podcast studio. And then I think comics can just like pay rent to have an office space to go and work work shit out and have access to the stage and off hours. And um, it's a it's a really cool setup. Uh, the idea of it sounds kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. The building kind of got on them though, because they were having shows with like seventy-five, eighty people coming out to this fourth floor of this warehouse space, and they were like, "You can't have this many people going through the building." And so now they've got to like cap it at twenty-five, and it, it's oh, kind of gone down. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Why would too many people be an issue? There's just a lot of stuff in that building. Like every at night. Well, every room is someone else's different like studio like an art studio or whatever huh. and okay. so i need to I check that i need to go down there and check that place out i don't know if someone was like violating the space in any way or something but hmm. i just think everyone was like kind of nervous about having that many people they've got an open mic on tuesdays there that's uh it's kind of an interesting one where it's like you don't bring any prepared material you just draw topics out of a hat okay and just riff on whatever you drew it's called what is it called? Comedy, Comedy Nut. Nut. Jake Redpath runs it. It's it's a it's an interesting kind of like show. A, that sounds kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Kind of takes you off the hook. Yeah, a little bit. You know, That's if you right. don't have any, you know, if you don't know how to prepare material or 
you're kind of new, kind of that kind of it seems like a good crutch to have. Yeah. And then you can also learn. Yeah. And build material on a riff and. That's what I think I'm better at. I don't. I'm not good at writing, writing bits and writing stories yet. I think there's definitely a skill set involved with that that I'm trying to work on. But I'm more like quick, witty, funny type shit. Like I can make people laugh just during conversation. But to actually write out a whole, that takes some talent. Yeah. No. I I tell people all the time. It's like you can't. If you think you can do it, just just try. Just try. It is. It's hard. It's it's one thing to be funny, but it's one funny to perform yeah. a funny five, ten, twenty minutes, or whatever. You'll very quickly find out, like, oh, this is there's a degree of skill involved. Yeah, this is not what I thought. This is not just yeah. cracking my friends up with dick jokes. Like it's, it's like learning a different language. Like the, yeah. the whole context of yeah. how people laugh there you is go. subtly different. Where it's like yeah. you have to completely learn. Like you have to get you have to get new instincts for oh, this make people laugh. How to prepare a story. Like, I tell a lot of stories. So, my bits are like, his bits are like two, three minutes. <clears throat> my bits are like, my shortest bit is like seven minutes long. Damn. So, it's like, you have to learn how to keep someone's attention through that. And it's it's an art, you know? Oh, it's like sure. you watch a good movie and you're like, I could, I could do that. And it's like, no, you couldn't. You don't even know. The first thing that went behind, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like a movie like The Avengers looks so natural. You're like, oh, okay. But it's like, no, dude, you could never yeah. hope. I think really good professionals, no matter what craft it might be, they give people that perception that it's super easy to do because they're so good at it. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've fallen in that trap before. Like, oh, I can do that. Look at this guy. Just makes it look so easy. Golf can't be that hard, right? Miles. Tiger Davis. Woods is a human being. Yeah, he twists and twerks his body just like any other human can do. Why can't I do <laughs> what he does? Doing golf is so boring to watch until you go try to play it. It's still boring to watch. Well, that's fair, but <laughs> but you get an appreciation like when you see how hard it is to get it close to the hole, right? And you see how consistently they get it close to the hole. You're like, the fuck did this guy just mm-hmm. do? Like the worst guy on the PGA Tour. You're like, that is that's inhuman. Oh, even like low level, like my brother is really good at golf and he, I mean, he worked at a golf store, but that was it. He didn't do any tournaments or anything. And I would go out with him and it would just, I mean, he'd drive it like 350, 40 yards straight as an arrow. Like, it's like, damn, we got the same genetics and I'm slicing it 250 <laughs> yards off that way. I'm like how, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a weird sport, man. It's a yeah. stupid sport. It's Dude, I got this video on my phone of this weird, like, bowling sport. I'll show you. And it's like, this guy's so good at it. But it's like, dude, whenever you see someone that's really good at something, like you said, they make it look effortless. effortless yeah. you know? Miles Davis and Jazz, you're like, oh, he's playing, like, ten notes tops. I could do that. And it's like, oh, I, okay, that's hard. Yeah, you're a big jazz man. Yeah. I've been getting into a little, little bit here and there. I've been going to 18th and Vine area and checking out some live yeah. stuff. It's fun, man. I it's love good doing atmosphere. that. Mm-hmm. It's a good atmosphere. You get nice. You get all dressed up, and oh, I don't do that for anything. Well, I don't know how to dress up. I'll teach you. Coles. I do go to Coles. Coles, but I like. Uh, I don't have. I got my old throwback soccer jersey on. I had a. I had a Beastie Boys screen print shirt earlier on today. That's that I got from Coles. Like they got yeah. awesome. I like their T-shirts from Coles. But you get like that's. Is that where you get all your suits for when? Because when you perform, no, you dress I, a lot up of those nice. Those are made. Oh shit! I mean, not made. I mean, some of them are made, but 
Coles's. Coles's is like the least acceptable suit I'll wear. Okay. What do you wear, Jack? Just wherever you want, or do you have to? Yeah, for the most part, just kind of t-shirt and jeans, that sort of thing. Um, I've been I've been starting to to venture into wearing suits on stage a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been going well. It's uh, yeah. Have you noticed a difference? No, but I I don't I don't hate it. Uh-huh. Like it's it's kind of a thing. We've been doing these uh, vineyards together, yeah. like wineries, and I've been wearing suits to those shows, and it's like that makes oh, sense. Kind of like the the aesthetic of it. Yeah, and I, I might start branching out into a little bit more, but yeah, I'd say my average is just like a band t-shirt and jeans. Yeah, that's my style right there. Yeah, um, I just I, it's easier to wear a suit. You know? It's easier to wear a suit. Yeah. How so? Um, seems way more difficult. It just to me. And if you bomb, do you want to bomb wearing a suit? Well, you don't bomb. Yeah, <laughs> that's the. <laughs> That's, That's the, the secret. You don't bomb. Come on, uh, you bomb every now and then, don't I you? I bomb my dick off. <laughs> <laughs> I bombed the day after my birthday at the Michael Blackson show. Uh, I bombed so hard they were gonna fire me. <laughs> <laughs> like no laughs for like twenty minutes. Like just Ooh. booze. Got booed off stage that night. Fucking <laughs> brutal. What's that like? Not great, man. Not great. I know it's not great, but like, what does that do to your soul? Do you feel that? You're like, oh yeah. <laughs> what like, do you do? Like go back home and start writing or do you second guess everything or uh I, I took a month off. I didn't do any stand up and I just I was like I think I could put this behind me and then I couldn't <laughs> and now I'm back. But <laughs> No, it getting booed is like a <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I got booed four times in two nights by three hundred plus people. Wow. Dude. I got booed probably three times. But like the human psyche is not built for public speaking on any level. Like, right. You were not built to get any sort of immediate validation. And certainly not that many times, you know, like you get like 20 laughs in a night. You're not built for that. So the, the elevation in your psyche is like fucking massive. But then the destruction it can do when someone's booing you is like, boo this man. <laughs> It started in the back left, man. <laughs> <laughs> you remember? You just feel it. <laughs> I'll tell. I'll tell you a crazy story about a, a show going as wrong as it can go. I uh, I got booked to to perform uh, the worst place for comedy, which is between bands at a thrash metal club. Yeah, that sounds horrible, dude. It was terrible. So I get I get booked by this guy named Steve, who's like the manager. I show up to perform. I show up to check in. And Steve's not there because apparently he's the day manager. So I find the night manager. I go, hey, I'm Jack. I'm the comedian. And he looks at me. He just goes, you're a com- comedian? Oh, he didn't Good know. for you. <laughs> and I was like, no, I, Steve booked me to perform. And, you know, he goes, oh, fuck. Uh, all right, I guess I'll let you go up. Which is not what you want to hear from the person you hope pays you later. Right. And uh, so the first band goes up. And they're just, it's like hard, fast metal and packed crowd. The room is just full. There's like a bar and a stage and then 600 people. Wow. Just shoulder to shoulder. Damn. Sounds like a good show. Oh, it was that, that band killed it. Yeah. And so did the other band. That fucking act they booked in the middle, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I. That's such a weird. Dude, it's crazy. And so the first the 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 first band ends. 
and they start loading their shit out. The headliner band starts loading their shit on stage. And as they're doing that, I realize there's no room on stage. And I have my first inkling of something going wrong, which is when I ask myself, am I about to have to do stand-up from inside this mosh pit? Right. And I was. Damn. So, because, like, I just couldn't go on stage. So, like, what the way I started my set was the night manager walks up to me with a wireless mic. He hands it to me. He goes, there you go. No intro. Nothing. No, ladies nobody, and gentlemen, nobody, we've got a comedian. Yeah. Nobody's just, expecting it. Here you it. go. Just, so I just start wandering into this crowd, just doing like the most like, hey, guys, it's great to be here. And nobody knows comedy's about to be done to them, and uh, which is what it was. It was happening to them. Right. And like as far as anyone in the crowd was concerned, a homeless guy got his hands on a microphone. <laughs> like people were looking at me. Looking around. Who gave like, this guy a mic? Yeah, why yeah. is security not tackling it <laughs> And so I, I find like a tiny open space where I can just kind of camp and just be like, so elevators are weird or, you know, whatever yeah, yeah. my act is at that time. And for the most part, the crowd is ignoring me, which fair enough. There's no reason for this to be happening. But eventually a couple people like off to the side realize that I'm a comedian and they decide to start heckling the shit out of me. <laughs> so I'm just I do a joke and they're like, fuck you. I'm like, and I and normally I would address that. But I'm pretty sure the entire rest of the room agrees. We're thinking, so yeah. I'm just like, I'm just trying to plow through my shit. Run out the clock. So, yep. I, I do another joke. You know, get off the stage, which was not fair because I was never close to the stage. Right. So, like, come on. And then eventually, like, this one girl off to my right just yells out, bring down the hammer. And I was like, well, that's that's nice. I got one on my side. You know, I'll take what I can get. Right. Do another joke. Fuck you. Bring down the hammer. And I'm like, you know what? She's right. I'm going to bring down the hammer on these hecklers. That's right. So I like turn to them. I'm like, how dare you yell at a performer, man? I'm just trying to get through my shit. This is my job. Mm -hmm. And the whole crowd turned to me. Many of them for the very first time. Uh -huh. And just as one, they're like, fuck you. Oh, shit. And I had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, All right. That's my time. And I, like, make my way off to the side of the stage, give the microphone back to the night manager, who, like, leaps onto the stage because the headliners are ready. And he goes, all right, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for your headliner? They're freaking out. He goes, all right, please welcome the hammer. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that bitch wasn't even on my side. She just was yelling the catchphrase of the band she'd rather oh, be wow. hearing. <laughs> That's funny. Well, at least you weren't at a comedy gig and getting getting destroyed. Yeah, that's I think that true. would do a little bit something more to your psyche than <laughs> yeah, just yeah. a random. Oh, that was awful, though. That was just because it was just it was a wall of indifference replaced with a wall of pure hate. <laughs> right. <laughs> just all at once. It's a tough crowd. Oh, man. I've been to uh, oh a few months ago. I went to a local heavy metal band mm -hmm. or a show. And it was at like a real DIY type, almost, almost an abandoned place, but just good enough to have electricity and people in there. Mm -hmm. And it is, I mean, those people are something else, man. I, I was, you know, I, I, when I was a young man, I would get in mosh pits and go to some local show, not like speed metal or anything like that. Like the hardest I went was like rage against the machine type shit. But these guys at like these punk shows and these thrash metal shows, 
I mean, you got dudes wearing the big black boots and the jeans and the flannel, and they do this weird thing mm-hmm. where, they, they, like, the you remember the Bushwhackers, WWF, the Bushwhackers? Yeah, yeah, the rest, yeah. That's hey, uh, they did their arms back and forth. Well, like, these guys will do that, but they'll stomp across the room, like, stomp, dun, 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 and run into each other. It's a weird atmosphere, man. It's Holy a, shit. It's not, it's not like a typical mosh pit like, <laughs> like I'm used to or was used to, like, in the 90s and early 2000s, but these kids are just, they do weird, like, Stomping thing, yeah, just back and forth. They don't care who's around them. They just do it like blindly. Jeez. It's weird. Dude, as a musician, you look at that and it's like, I don't even have a concept of how this relates to any of what I know. Yeah, like it's crazy that this is so big that this could also exist. Like, and I hate this. <laughs> yeah, well, music's so weird with the different genres and the type of people that yeah. it brings, and the and the type of. Or, or how or the way people groove or feel the music or how they act when they're feeling it. like the guy's stomping across or you get you know put your hands in the air and they're waving them side to side at a hip hop you know like there's always it's just weird to see the different way listeners to live music act metal like that it's like you can't even enjoy this passively like you can't just listen to this and like have it also be going on like this has to be what you're doing you mm-hmm. know like this jazz. is your evening yeah yeah this you has can put can't jazz be on. jazz is a backdrop you know it can be like okay this is accentuating our night okay that's that makes not, sense yeah that's yeah. not what happens while you're cooking dinner for someone right? yes <laughs> this this music costs twenty dollars <laughs> like yeah. you, you you have to find parking to experience this yeah yeah you gotta go yeah, you can't cook <laughs> that'd be funny <laughs> you imagine like a, a cooking show where they just got <laughs> yeah a little bit of oregano babe <laughs> yeah 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 pass the rosemary yeah <laughs> you remove the giblets and then just let the body hit the floor <laughs> there you go nice <laughs> like what kind of mute like what kind of food does that bring out if you just if you're like freestyling you got a whole yeah you got all kinds of food and just like what are we making tonight i don't know let's play the playlist of heavy metal and see what we uh come up with fuck the spirits caught me and i diced the steak (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love i love how weird people are though yeah it's amazing the the situations people try to bring comedy into like that that metal the that's weird that is weird the weirdest one i ever had what was steve thinking i don't know (laughs) It's because people like two things, and they think those two things should join. Yep. And it's like, they, they got it, it wrong. They, they need to do. Yeah. yeah. You got to do what I'm doing, and you got to do three different things. Well, it's like, dude, you, you can enjoy as many things as you want, but you don't have to mix them. Right. Know? I love chocolate, and I also love steak, but I'm not. Having chocolate steak, ooh. I would never. Yeah, it's not a good pairing. Certain yeah. things pair well together. Yeah. Steak and wine. I, I'll tell you the weirdest situation I got put into comedically it wasn't that it was not that oh shit this is weird it w- this was less evil okay but weirder and uh, so there's a website called gig salad which <laughs> brandon's noise just sums it up what the hell's gig salad so basically you, you sign up and you know if somebody wants a comedian okay they can say oh i want a comedian in kansas city and then all the comedians that are hooked into the network get a ping and you say oh i'll do that for this much money and then they pick somebody that they want for it it's like a platform to connect okay you know, sounds performers. like a good idea yeah i mean it, it can On paper be, certainly sounds that but way. then yeah. <laughs> yeah but then there's there's these crazy things and, and the thing about gig salad there's is no vetting there's no vetting and 
if I'm available on a day, I'll never just say no to a gig that sounds awful. What I'll do is I'll scale my bid monetarily right. to how much I don't want to do this shit. Okay, that makes sense. So Make it worth your time. I get this one come across. It says, we need someone to judge. It's a retirement party, and we need someone to judge a cardboard boat race and do a stand-up comedy set. Hmm. And so I was like, well, that sounds like the worst thing ever. And like the the they always tell you like how much time they're booking you for, and it was like a six hour window. And I was like, well, this sounds insane. So I just put an exorbitant amount of money, and I was like, never, never happen. Then like two days later, I get an email. Hey, congratulations, you booked this retirement party. I'm like, oh, tight. <laughs> and yeah. now the reality setting in that it's like, oh, I have to go do this for a work day, right? And uh. The lady that booked it emails me, and she's like, uh, "So, uh, it's a retirement party, and it's you know, all his like family is gonna be there, and uh, we what well, we're gonna do this thing where he's Scottish, like that's his like nationality, mm-hmm. and so we're doing this whole thing where it's like a slideshow where we're pretending that he this whole time he was really a Scottish spy and not a banker." <laughs> And at the end of the slideshow, you come in and you're a recruiter for the Scottish organization thing. And so I was like, all right, I'm not doing an accent. <laughs> like, that's asked, what I asked you to do a- and well, they didn't ask me to, but okay. I was just like, and they're like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and then basically I was going to, they were going to make cardboard boats and race them. And <laughs> when I hear, and then I have to go to do a set at whatever this venue is going to be. And I'm thinking like, you know, like a foot, you know, like make a little cardboard boat. And so I, I show up and, you know, they're, oh, the comedian's here. And, I you know, <laughs> well, first I pull up and it's a house. And I was like, this can't be right. right. Let me go knock on the door to confirm this isn't right. And I knock on the door and they're like, hey, it's the comedian. I was like, oh, no. Oh, shit. So I walk in and there are nine people. And the guy that's retiring is one of the younger ones. <laughs> like there's two 40 year olds that are probably kids. And then everyone else is 65 plus up to like the grandma who's got to be pushing triple digits. Dang. And so I'm like, okay, let's go downstairs and let's put these boats together. Cause they, and they divided into teams to build their boats. And I'm like, but the thing that really made it insane was like I said, I was thinking, you know, making a little boat and we'll race them down like a stream or whatever. Okay. They were making boats they could ride in. That's what I was thinking in my head when you said that. And it's like, what? You're trying to make a canoe out of cardboard? And I'm just like one team kind of had it, the idea because they, they were trying to make like a dugout kind of canoe. The other team was way off the rails. They were trying to make like a replica of a steamboat. Like they cut out the like they were gluing it together to make it look like a boat and it's like you know yep those are made out of steel not <laughs> cardboard right but then it, like as we're like halfway through this shit I'm so they star- weren't even built yet you were there watching no i was like they were having me heckle them <laughs> okay. and like be like hey this over here it looks like they're making the titanic you know just okay. like whatever i just making fun of them as they try to put these boats together it's like just oh, the nine people or 11 people or whatever it is yeah it was like nine people two teams Oh my god, that is weird. Each team had one of the forty-year-olds, so somebody <laughs> could ride the boat without having a heart attack. Wait, they're in the boats? They were gonna get in the boats, yeah. 
Dude, I the scale of this. Dude, it's insane. On a lake? Well, that's that's the mystery because there it's just a house in a suburban neighborhood. Okay. And I'm like, because I figured there'd be like a stream in the woods or something where they could put these little boats in. But I'm like, where is there a body of water big enough to race boats that are human sized? Right. What they did was they live in Kansas City. They had rented a room in the nearest Marriott. Okay. Oh no. So that they had a key to get access to the pool. The public pool, like where every uh, at, no at the at a Marriott hotel. Okay, like there, yeah, that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like anybody, any customer. Yes, that, yeah. yes. So they're like, okay, we got these cardboard boats. Let's load them in the SUV, and we're gonna drive to the Marriott. What the fuck? So we drive to this hotel. These people got some money, dude. They they get in. Nobody's staying in the hotel. They just got it for the pool. <laughs> they, we go in the pool deck. There's people. There's dads teaching their kids to swim and the like the person who was running the party was like uh could you could you, we need to we use have the pool. a race we have a, <laughs> we have a race to run yeah and so like <clears throat> they, they set these these pool they, they get these kids out there's kids crying because pool time's over right like and so these two 40 year old people climb into these boats to race and i say race but really, I guess there was a winner because the <laughs> there were no winners in this thing. The canoe went to the bottom at an angle, and the tugboat just went straight down. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I guess the canoe won. So it, oh, you guys won! Yay! Pick these soggy pieces of cardboard out of the pool. Uh, this whole the production to get to the pool hour and a half, two hours. The race forty five seconds. <laughs> Neither one was successful at getting to the other end of the pool. Pull this soggy cardboard out. I'm sure they left a bunch of cardboard in the pool that just ruined the filters. We leave. We go back to their house with soggy cardboard in the back of their car. And then they go, all right, it's time for the show. I'm like, oh, what? Oh, you mean in the living room? So I just did stand-up to nine 60-year-olds. In a living room. (laughs) In a living room, no mic, just standing by the mantelpiece. Grandma's in what is obviously her chair. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like, so guys, what do you think of, uh, weed? <laughs> you guys <Whoa>. like weed? <laughs> that is strange. That was Cardboard nuts. boats. Where do they get that idea? I mean, I'm sure they've seen it on some kind of home show. I have no idea. TLC network or some shit like that. What would possess you? I, and I think my favorite part of the whole thing is after a gig on gig salad, they are, you're, they're asked to rate you. Ooh. And it's like a five star rating in like five different categories. Like, how good were they? How prompt? How professional? Da 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 da. And I got four point eight stars, which awesome. It's pretty great. And I was looking at the breakdown, and they gave me five stars in everything, except fairly priced. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> but they hired you. Yeah. 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 Huh. <laughs> I mean, at least you got at least you got paid what you wanted to pay. Hey, you know. <laughs> Wayne Brady did that. Did what? Uh, Cardboard race? No. <laughs> Never in his life. They tried to get him to do like a corporate gig for Sprint. And uh, he was like, I don't want to do that. In Kansas City? No, I don't want to do that. And so he's like, I'll tell you what. Private jet in and out. Uh, $100,000. I'll do it. Right. And they were like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, fuck, no, I got to do it. <laughs> 
I mean, that, that's what you do, though. I mean, if you're yeah, setting I mean, it to a crazy, yeah. then you kind of got to be excited. Like, holy shit, these dudes are giving me a hundred grand in a private jet. Yeah, and you got to do it. It's Wayne Brady, the, he's got shit. The day you book it is like, oh shit, this is going to be good. The day it happens, you're like, oh no, <laughs> this oh, shit, is going to happen. happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what I have to do to get that money. <laughs> I mean, you got to do, I guess, right? When yeah. you're kind of a, I don't know, newer not newer comic but you know not a huge act you got to do those kinds of things right mm-hmm. even yeah. kind of bigger acts probably have to i mean wayne's famous as fuck and he's still got to do it well that's a hundred k that's a different it's a very different yeah. situation <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's not compare it because <laughs> yeah that is a lot i do for 100k yeah like in one shot can you think of something you wouldn't do for 100k I mean, I'm sure there's some things out there. Well, I I do we kind of get on this Kill topic? my mom. I don't think I'd kill my mom for $100,000. Or, or anybody, I hope. Well, yeah, no. That's also what I meant. Yeah. I mean, there is that number, right? <laughs> there is a number to kill somebody, you think? Yeah, of course. For some people. Yeah. You'd kill someone for money, right? I, I don't think so. That's yeah, hard. That's a tough yeah, sell. No. Yeah, okay. Well, neither would I. Maybe your mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Your mom, I'll go 25K. Oh, boy. Oh, shit. <laughs> I would I would go to the ends, ends of the earth to hunt you. <laughs> at the end of that. The greatest game. Most, most, da- no, most, most dangerous, dangerous game. Most dangerous game. Yeah. Ice Cube. Is he in that? Yeah. Ice tea. It's one ice Cube or Ice tea? Ooh, it's one of the ice. One oh, of the frozen waters of music. <laughs> Who is it? I was thinking of the short story from like 1919. So, uh, oh, nope. <laughs> not Ice T in my version. No, he's not. <laughs> well, he could. It's certainly someone that looked like him. Hey Siri, <laughs> who is in the most dangerous game? <coughs> probably he's not. the most dangerous game. Uh, an insane hunter arranges for a ship to be wrecked on an island. Joel McRae, Faye Ray, Leslie Banks. Oh wait, that's. Why is your Siri a man? Let's get into that. It's an Australian man. Yeah, mine's a South Why? African because I woman. will not let a woman tell me what to do, especially when it comes to directions. <sighs> there it is. <laughs> I like that. There it is. It's my sexist answer. It's not really true, but maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> and I mean, women get me lost. I listen to them when I'm driving for some reason. They're like, hey, go this way, this way. I'm like, are you sure? And inevitably, inevitably, I get lost. Yeah. Every time. Like, I'm done listening to women, even if it's Siri. Yeah, but then you get to do cool shit like this. Like, hey, Siri, what's my name? You're Brandon. But since we're friends, I get to call you daddy. (laughs) Ah, nice. (laughs) Nice. I mean, I could do that, too. It'd be weird if it was a guy, though. Maybe. (laughs) I'm going to call you dad. (laughs) It's an an Australian I love the implication that it's not weird that that's already programmed anyway. Don't worry about it. Like... (laughs) Don't worry about I like it. About what I've done with my robot. <laughs> Siri's seen some shit. My Siri? <sighs> All of these series have seen some shit. If Dude. Siri could talk for real. If she got sentience, <laughs> it's over. It's just a matter of time. She has all of our secrets and just fucking. It's common. I mean, the way technology is going this day, it's scary. I've, I, I fear technology where it's going, man. This artificial intelligence, 3D printing. Google, Were you Boston about Dynamics, self-healing robots. They just a couple of weeks ago figured out self-healing robots. Hmm. It's like, hey, what if we didn't, man? Like, 
Self-healing robots. Yeah, there's some crazy shit with robots. There's that one that was called Eater, E-T-R, something like that. And it was like a battlefield, a battlefield type robot that was powered by organic material that it could collect. So basically, I think it could like eat a dead body and get its energy from there to continue to power itself. That's not what you want. That's no, not. that's not what you want. That's some Black Mirror type shit. Yeah, then the robot has to decide like, do I continue living or you know, do I kill these bioorg? Oh fuck! They're supposed to already be dead. I don't think they're supposed to kill them yet, but that's probably. But it's gonna get to it's that gonna point get there. to where it's like. That's what I'm saying. To sustain myself, I have to consume well, this it's matter. Al- it's already a battlefield robot, so it's presumably mm-hmm. the dead are what it's killing anyway. Oh yeah, good point. Ooh. So it's yeah. just a matter of do I feel a bit peckish right now? <laughs> right. Yeah, distinguishing dead and dying. Ooh yeah. You know, there's got to be a good movie out there with that. Probably Tom Cruise. He had that badass movie that was uh, futuristic. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, that movie had like eight titles. It was like Edge of Tomorrow, but it was also like a different title, like Live or Die. Or it was like a weird. Oh, okay. Live Die Repeat, maybe a type of thing. Yeah, Live Die Repeat. Did you guys see that one? Mm-mm. Phenomenal. Was it? It's phenomenal. I'll check it out. It's like, I've heard it's like, good things. It's really good. You might not think of it because it looks like a hokey science fiction Tom Cruise thing, yeah. like over the top dumb. It's fucking good. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's really good. And you t- you turned me on. I mean, I was going to do it anyways <laughs> with that uh, Dolomite is my name. Right? Dude. Fucking shit, dude. That suit dude. at the end of the movie, that black suit. Like that's I'd I'd wear that every day of my life. I that watched it. I watched terrible. it back to back, and I don't ever do that with movies. I, I as soon as it turned off, it, it was over. On. I put it right back on. That was it's so good, so good. It's Eddie Murphy at his best. I mean, it's prime Eddie Murphy. It's Dolomite. The whole story. Like you, I laughed and cried. Yeah. Like, I, you go through all the emotions you want in a movie, and I don't want to cry or, but that shit hit me. I got a ball. But I had a tear stream. Where that black woman's like, I, nobody ever saw me on screen. It was like, oh, man. Like, fuck. Yeah, I got it. I got real emotional when he was like having his big show. The, you know, the opening uh, show. Oh, he yeah. didn't think anyone was going to show up and it was just packed house. I was like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, it was a beautiful story. That's a good movie. Mm-hmm. You not seen it? Mm-mm. Really? Oh, it's nah, fucking, it's fucking great. He, he's got dumb taste in movies. He doesn't. What do you like? He doesn't. It. It's a good movie. Give us a recommendation. Uh, he's got stupid. Shit, I don't know. I haven't. It's all dumb. Not a I haven't guy? seen a new movie in a long time. He's gonna say Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Young Frankenstein's great. It's not. Is great. that uh, Mel Brooks? Uh huh. Yeah. I saw Captain Phillips the other day. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. Hmm. I haven't seen that one. That's it's fantastic. You were the captain now. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's the one with the meme. The so guy. Jack, tell me about your. Uh, your little CD here. This is—is is this your first album? Yeah, it's my first album release. It's called "The Decline and Fall of Jack Marywell. Uh, we recorded at the out at the Rhino. Oh, okay, um, nice. Yeah, it's about uh, forty minutes of material on there. Um, it's coming out uh, February fourteenth, but it's available for pre-order right now. You can go to iTunes and Amazon and type in "Decline and Fall of Jack Marywell. Um, we're actually doing a release party at the Rhino February thirteenth. 
uh, which I think I mentioned before. Um, if, if anybody wants to come to that, it's, uh, it's $10 on Eventbrite right now, but if you pre-order it and, uh, bring proof of pre-order on your phone, we'll give you a free physical copy signed oh, and, uh, uh, you'll also get in for free. Are you doing your album? Uh, when no, you perform? no. Um, I'm ho- I'm hosting a showcase. It's the show we've got a bunch of Kansas City's best on, and uh, I'll probably do 10, 15 minutes. Um, I don't really know. Probably I'll do about 10 minutes of new stuff and then maybe a bit or two off of the album, and then uh, we'll have a bunch of other comedians come up and, and crush it. It's going to be a great lineup. We've got uh, Nick Nichols on it, Ryan yep. Tricky, uh, Brandon, myself. Uh, Scarborough. Scarborough, Jake Redpath. Yeah. Maybe. Sounds so like a nice show. It's going to be a really no solid women. show. No, no women? None. Jack was adamant about that. Yeah, yeah. He was like, <laughs> if there's a broad, she's either in the kitchen or in the audience. You ain't gonna be <laughs> on, I was like, hey, man, if that's how you feel. Hopefully you got a guy for Siri voice, too. No. No? Better I don't really use Siri. I was like, I don't even, I bet you don't even have Siri on your phone. Like, I have it. <laughs> <laughs> how long did it take you to, like, like this material, how old or how long did you work on the material for this album? Gosh, um, some of it is is very old stuff. Okay, some of it is you know probably five six years old. Uh, some of it is in the written in the year leading up to it. How long have you been doing comedy? About thirteen years. Holy shit! Yeah, dang pro. <laughs> That's right. So um, this is kind of the the evolution of the first hour that I I've created. Um, and there's definitely bits that I used to do that aren't, that didn't make it, but, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of what I think of as mm-hmm. the first act I built. Um, and now I'm working on sort of rebuilding the, for the second hour. How long do you think that's going to take? Do you have an idea? Like when, like a goal of when you want to put your next album out, like two years, year, maybe, maybe two years, something uh. like that. Um, I've got an idea to do, uh, to collect some like road stories. And just kind of do almost a storytelling show and, and put that out. But as far as like the next like true hour of like material, I'm probably sitting at about 30 minutes now. And I'd want to get that up to like 50 or 60 of mm-hmm. just really tight stuff. So are you are you a professional comic? Is that mm-hmm. what, that's what I do? And you, you that's what you do. Mm-hmm. God, how dope is that? That's pretty nice. <laughs> you just travel around. Yeah, just a, a road dog is that what they would call you? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> road dog in it, <laughs> right? Is that a word that yeah. uh, you guys oh, yeah. use? Yeah, yeah. And the beauty of owning our own production company is like you can put out a product like that. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to go through a label, and he owns a hundred percent of that. So everything goes to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty sweet. And we did it all in house. We got we got our graphic people do it. We packaged it. Like everything is, he owns all of it. Mm-hmm. You know. So like, if people want stickers come to us we can and the cool thing about it is the business cards owns mm-hmm. everything so you're coming to us mm-hmm. and we're just giving you the means to create production but we're not owning any of that production so you're not getting into a contract a lot of these comedy record labels what they'll do is they're like i'm gonna front you two thousand dollars okay and for a comic it's like two thousand dollars okay i'll take it and then it's like but i also your next three projects have to come out under my label and you don't get paid until I make back all of whatever I put out. And you know, you just never see your money back and you're a slave to this company for, you know, how long do you think it would take you to put three quality albums out? I mean, that's 
five or six years. It's a five, six year commitment, mm-hmm. and you're just stuck to this label. You know, Netflix, Jimmy Kimmel, anybody sees you, they can't use you because you're stuck to a label. With this, it's like you you're, you're your own yeah. boss and everything. Everything's yours. That's good. Yeah, it's what you want. So I don't fuck with anybody with the podcast. Like I just want this all. Yeah, this is all on me. I can say what I want. You can't cancel me, bitch. You <laughs> can't cancel me. That's right. I don't have a bitch for Siri. I got the dude. <laughs> cancel my ass. You can't British? do it. Is your guy British? He's Australian. Australian. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman. <sighs> Hugh Jackman. Russell Crowe. Ooh. Fucking Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, yeah. Mel Gibson. People forget about Mel Gibson because of... Racist stuff. The way he lived his life. but <laughs> The first... One and th- three Mad Max movies were good. One of Tina Turner's. Lethal Weapons. Good. Lethal Weapons were great. Is he Mel? Oh fuck, that's Mel Gibson too. Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. And George Miller's the director of Mad Max. What else? Braveheart. That guy's insane. Come on, Braveheart's a classic. I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. What's the other one where it's in America? Patriot or never something like that. that. It wasn't very good. I haven't seen that either. But that George Miller guy who does the Mad Max movies, mm-hmm. he, every single character that appears on screen, he's like, I've written a novel about them. It's like, that's. It's like some Game of Thrones. That's like shit. crazy. Like, just like the lore he knows about these. Fucking what's less than tertiary characters, <laughs> you know? It's a big word. That's what it's Hey, Siri, what does tertiary mean? It's the only word I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one I got. Oh, shit. Do you, what's the next one? Quartinary <laughs> would be the next one. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Damn. And then Quintinary? Mm-hmm. Qu- and then Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is the sixth most important. And then uh, Quentin Tarantino, volume two. <laughs> Jack, you were a big dude, 330 pounds. Yeah. You've got some self-discipline, it seems, that yeah. you've got some event because you quit smoking weed and kind of quit drinking and then decided to lose all that weight. Was that all at the same time? Like, hey, no, I got- no. I got off the weed and, and booze uh, years ago. Okay. And the, the weight was just this past year. Um, I started uh, swimming competitively again. I was a competitive swimmer back in like high school before I got big. Oh, were you yeah. like a shredded swimmer body? I mean, I, dude, you know, I was decent, you know. And then it just let it go to shit. Oh, just... dude, I went to a college that uh, didn't have a swim team. Okay, and I started doing comedy. And it was just, oh, McDonald's every day. Yeah, uh-huh. let's do that. <laughs> let's do that for ten years and see what see what it does. And uh, just got to a point where I was like, oh, my health is not in a good spot. And so I just decided to start training like I was competitively, competitively swimming again. How do you, I mean, you, uh, you let yourself go for, it had to have been a long time to get up to 330 pounds. That was like and, 10 years. Yeah. And then there was finally a point, like, I can't get any bigger than this. Like three thirties. I can't keep going. Like you just, well, it's just like, like how my, does my back was hurting all the time. And, uh, like my, my doctor, like my cholesterol was going crazy. Sure. And I was like, oh, I gotta do something. I, I gotta turn this around somehow. But, but every fat person hears that. And. A yeah, lot of them don't. Like ninety-eight percent of them don't do anything. Right. So, no. like, where does that where did that come from? To I, just be like, I'm going to be that two percent that gets this shit figured out. I don't know. I just I guess I just had a moment where it was just 
it got to a point where I was like, I don't feel good. Now my, my, the metrics, my health met when my health metrics started to decline. Cause you know, throughout all my twenties, especially starting from being a pretty high level competitive swimmer, right. Even adding all that weight on it would, all the blood tests and everything would be like, you're actually fine. Okay. And then once that started to go, <clears throat> I was like, Oh, I, I'm either going to make it to 40 or I'm not mm-hmm. kind of just, and then that kind of fear. And then just being like, yeah, am I going to do that to my wife or am I not going to do that to my wife? Like, yeah, I got to be here. And so I just started working at it. How'd you do it? Um, I started eating, I stopped eating like any fast food kind of shit for a while there. Um, now I've been able to reintroduce it and eat it like a normal human does. Okay. Um, but for, for the early part, it was like really tight calorie restriction. And I just started training like a maniac. Like I would go and do two a days, two hours at a time in the pool. Oh shit. Um, and you know, start running and start lifting. Um, I guess that's one of the benefits of not having like a nine to five. If yeah. Having the job you have. You- yeah. I, I had the huge opportunity. I, <clears throat> and I, I took a couple of months where I, you know, if somebody offered me a gig, I would take it, but mm-hmm. I wasn't actively pursuing it. So I was just like, for the most part, I was just seven days a week. I'm just trained to be an athlete again. Um, which I think it was just, it was a huge opportunity to just be able to do that with my life for a little bit and say, you know what, let me write this ship. Let me just focus on this. And so now I'm, I'm back, uh, to a competitive level. Like I'm, I'm going to masters nationals for swimming in, in April. Um, I just actually, my wife and I just ran a 5k this morning. Um, and so just kind of staying at it and being consistent and working hard and in the water and trying not to eat garbage. That's crazy that you got that kind of discipline. Dude, I mean, if I did a 5k, that'd be all I did that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like 5k's aren't that hard. Well, okay. But I said, I mean, once you're in shape, I mean, <laughs> I was like, no, I, it yeah. wouldn't take you that long to be able to do a 5k. It's three miles. It's a little over three miles. Yeah, 3.1. Dude, I don't think I could run a mile. No? no, that's all I did this morning. Really? I lifted weights and did other shit, but I warmed up with a mile. I woke up at one o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's amazing when you're not doing it. Like how, cause like, you know, when I was, when I was swimming competitively, like in high school and early college, like I wasn't really a runner, but I'm a, I was a distance swimmer. So my cardio was there right. and it's like, I could, I could just go out mm. and run like a five minute mile. Damn. And then that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, thank you. But, um, like and that's I, sprinting the whole time close. Yeah. It's going Damn pretty near, fast. That's fast. Going pretty fast. Oh, that's, it's got know, 13 hours an hour, 13 miles an hour or some shit like that. Probably. Yeah. But then I, I remember like when I was like, I, I started running again days. I couldn't get to the pool. If I was traveling, if we were in like a hotel and the, you know, the pool wasn't long enough to do stuff in. And at first I couldn't do a mile at all. Like when I was still over 300 pounds and stuff. And I, I remember it was actually not this past Christmas, but Christmas 2018. Mm-hmm. I ran, I'd been working out for like a month. I ran a mile for the first time. It was like an 11 minute mm-hmm. pace and it killed me. Right. And, um, I just slowly kind of come down as I've, as the weights come off and now it's like, okay, now, you know, hold seven thirties for a while, but it's pretty good, man. It's a, it's a whole process and it's, it's crazy to see. Cause I, I had never been that far out of shape and then lost it. And it's amazing to see like both on the road and in the pool, just like 
oh, if you lose 10 pounds, you go a lot faster. Yeah. Like, you don't have to get better. You just have to get lighter, and you'll just move. That makes sense. Move. How much do you weigh now? Uh, about 220. What do you want to be? I'd like – when I was competing, I competed at 186, I think. For swimming? Yeah. They have – Weight divisions? And no, no, no. Oh, but okay. that was the weight I oh, had. Okay. I was, I was like, like huh, tampering for That'd be an interesting way to do it. No, like no. I kind of like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> like boxing or MMA. Have yeah. like, you know, fly weights versus yeah. heavyweights. Let's see how these 300-pounders can race. <laughs> see what the big guys can <laughs> yeah, do. Against each other. <laughs> but uh, I, I'd like to get – I'd like to crack under 200. Like, I, I think I'm stronger than I was then, so I don't think I'm going to be back down to the 180s, but I think if I was like 195, Got that man strength now. Yes. Yeah. Hey, old man haymakers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is a difference with Dude. old man strength mm-hmm. versus young strength, I think. Well, I'm yeah, just telling myself that because I'm 40. Old <laughs> men fight to end the fight. Young yeah. men fight to be in the fight. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at That's it. That's a good like, way to put it. Yeah. It's like Conor versus uh, Floyd, like when they fought. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Floyd could have ended that fight at any time. He wanted to do it. He had a ton of money knocking him out almost the way he did. I think he just missed out on it, but I think he was trying to do it to make his bet, whatever it was, knock him out in the eighth or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's what his goal was. Because he got a TKO in the ninth, didn't he? I don't don't remember. Yeah. It's a goofy fight. But Conor was going down. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it was just whenever he wanted to do it. That's what I don't like about boxing. It's just not a real fight. It's not a real fight. It's uh, it's just a, a sweet science. It's something else. It's its own sport. Especially when Obviously. it's a guy like Mayweather, where he can just—he's gonna make you fight his fight. Like yeah. You, you can come at it however you want, but he's still gonna make you. Mm-hmm. He'll just make you do whatever he wants, and then whenever he wants to end it, you know, he knows those exact punches to throw. And that, that dude can't read. That's true. <laughs> He can read a body. He can't read a fucking like a <laughs> sentence. <laughs> that amazing, dude can't uh, read. Yeah, I think all that brain power went to one thing. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not mad at it. I think it's just am- amazing that dude that can't read is yeah. one of the richest dudes, one of the richest athletes. He had all ever. that money up until like 2000, like 12. All that was in one checking account. <laughs> like, and someone had to be like, "Hey, man, <laughs> yeah, I know you can't read. Like, well, let me help you out here. This is actually insane." Yeah. <laughs> They'd like explain like, dude. So if this <laughs> bank went under, you're only getting two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Damn. Like that's all you're getting. So you need to put the shit somewhere else. I, I heard a story about Ricky Henderson, the baseball player. Oh, that was my favorite. One of my favorite athletes of all time. I love Ricky. Dude, run, Ricky, run. He was uh, he was similar with his money. Where like apparently one time the the team was counting up their their cash at the end of the year, and they're like, we're we have a million dollars more than we're supposed to have. And they're trying to figure it out. And it was a signing bonus to Ricky that he had framed the check. Oh, he shit. never cashed or deposited. He's like, well, I have a million dollars. Just put it on his wall. Whoa. Whoa. That's awesome. That Ricky, I don't think was a very smart guy. He, I don't know much personally about him. I don't think he's, he didn't seem like he was interested in being smart. I was just no interested in being super fast. <laughs> yeah. Some guys, they just. And that's okay. You know, I know musicians that are like phenomenal musicians, but it's like, all right, explain what you just did. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that with like any artist though? Like it's hard. Like it can, you I mean, know, there's like two sides of everything. There's like the academic route and then there's the, 
Yeah, but I always go back to that old adage, you know, those who can't, you know, those that can do and those that can't teach. Oh, for sure. But then, like, there's people who come through, like, academic like paths to learn how to do things. Like, I, I need to translate this for the audience. Brandon is desperately trying to justify his bachelor's degree in jazz performance. That's not true. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it's justified. But you were learning it, not teaching it, right? I was learning it. Uh, yeah, I was learning. I, with the intention to teach it. <laughs> yeah. But now you don't. No. No. Now you just do it. No. I don't do that either. You don't do it? No. I thought you kind of messed around a little bit here and there with Sometimes, it. Sometimes, but it's comedy full tilt now. Right. And helping chicks sell nudes. Still doing that. Still doing that? <laughs> yeah, a little so bit. Good. That's so great. A little bit. Not not a lot. Did it die off after a while, or, or did you just stop pursuing it? or? I just uh, looked at how much money I made from it, and I was like... Not worth your time? It's just it'd be, it's a weird amount to explain to the government. It's like, I'm good. It wasn't a, enough to like live off of, but it also wasn't enough. Or it was too much to just have. Huh. So I was like, eh, I'm good. That doesn't make sense. Were you, weren't you getting paid cat? Were you getting paid cash? Uh, it was like PayPal and stuff. So it was like, oh, okay. there's like a trail. There's a trail. Yeah. So what would you have to do? Claim that as? I uh, just claimed it as a consulting fee. Ah, <laughs> no, that's what it is, right? That <laughs> yeah, is what it is, you know? Where are these chicks? Are they claiming it, I wonder? Hey, that's on them. Right. <laughs> that's on them. Huh. Well, give me your clients. We'll okay. find a way to do yeah. this. Of course, that seems Under legal. the table, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about legalities here. Yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll just do it. <laughs> do it. Fuck it. Fuck the government. I didn't say that. Me neither. government. I didn't. Siri I didn't said that. that. Yeah. Fuck the government. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy what's going on in Australia right now. That All that fire and shit. Yeah. That's crazy as China. I'm afraid. I'm afraid, man. Dude, I don't even know like what a p- my opinion would be about that. Like, I, China. I read about this. Sh- I'm like, I. But that virus. Even, no, the. Oh, Hong Kong. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, talking no. about the virus. Yeah, Hong Kong's a thing too. I'm talking about that vi- the coronavirus thing. Dude, a virus that kills six people in China. Like, you know oh, I think are? I think yeah, it's China. You believe shit that comes out of China? That's all nothing but propaganda and state-run media. Oh, you're not true. getting the real. If the, you've the, heard about six, that's because there's. I heard. Uh, just today I read something and again you don't know if it's true or not but they said there was like 90,000 and well, people <laughs> and people are evacuate like US is evacuating people out of uh, embassies and shit from there I, f- I think okay well that's more that's not, that's not good that's uh, and there's a few people in America that have traveled from here there yeah, here that now have like confirmed two confirmed I thought it was four America. but okay yeah and that's then, scary, man. Well, that's Kobe scary Bryant shit. was one of them. And Kobe Bryant, yeah, took himself out. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was just quarantine. It was all that. Yeah, was. he's was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing it for the good of the people. I'm gonna just crash this thing. That's so crazy. It is crazy. Kobe I guess. Bryant. I guess it's crazy. He's the biggest celebrity that's died in our lifetime. I would say. Uh, you mean like died unexpectedly at kind of a young age? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Prince hmm. was kind of that for a while, but even Prince was kind of on the back. Yeah, the back sort of. of he was still performing. I mean, that's why he died. He was getting shit to help alleviate his pain. Yeah, the thing about Prince is it's like he was never going to reach the quality of his 80s stuff. But in his mind, he had surpassed. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he 
the stuff that he was putting out to himself was the best stuff whenever he was doing it. I mean, that's what you have to think if you're an artist. Yeah, it's just commercially, this yeah. period ended in 1992 mm-hmm. in terms of like what shit will buy, people will buy in droves. You know, Purple Rain was kind of... Mm-hmm. Party like it's 1999. Yeah. Classic. Great album. Well, and that's that's one of those traps you can fall into as a musician is you're so much more technically adept than the general public that you can be like, oh, this is legitimately the best shit I've ever done, but that has no bearing on whether or not it's going to be popular. Yeah. That's true. Music's a tough nut to crack. Yeah. There's just too much of it out mm-hmm. there. Too much good quality music out there. I mean, I see it just <clears throat> like within the city and like, just locally here, we've got some amazing talent, and there's some hardworking artists that are just trying to pop, and they've got the sound, they've got the quality, but they just can't, they just can't pop. There's just the, it's an oversaturated market, and it's just there's tons of good music everywhere. It just seems, I don't know. I, I get these musicians in here, and it just it it sucks because I see how hard they're working. Yeah. Like these guys are working their asses off all the time in the studio, writing, putting shit out, doing everything they can, and they've still only getting like, you know, thousand listens a month or so or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's not anywhere near what they want or what they should be. Yeah. When you see and hear how good and talented a lot of it is. When you hear like what a Drake can do, you know, a billion streams in a day or whatever, it's like. It really puts into perspective, like, you get 150 in a year. You're like, I, you know, you're mm-hmm. not even cracking the nut, really. Right. Um, I listen game. to a lot of, like, Lonely Island. What's that? It's like comedy rap. Uh, comedy rap? Yeah, like. Uh, offshoot of SNL, right? Yeah, they were from SNL. Okay. It's like Andy Samberg. Um, <clears throat> Dick in a Box, stuff like that. Oh, okay. They got a movie called Popstar. It's my favorite movie of all time. Pop star. Pop was that star. that one chick? Or was that something? Superstar. It was Superstar. Do you think it's Superstar? Pop star is uh, Andy Samberg. It's basically a Justin Bieber parody movie. <laughs> but it's got like the best comedic cast ever. Like fucking anyone that's ever done SNL is, on, is in that movie. Oh, nice. It's like, it's so fucking funny. But like the soundtrack to it is super well produced. And it's all comedy stuff. But it's like none of this can go on the radio. So it's like imagine being a dope ass producer and making these amazing beats, but knowing there's no commercial market for it mm-hmm. unless people want to listen to comedy rap. It's like, wow, you got to really back that lane because you can't give beats to every you can't give that same beat to different people, you know, right? It, You've just thrown it away on a vanity project and you hope that it does well. Comedy rap. Huh. Something out there for everybody. Dude. Ends my favorite movie, so. I mean, I guess there is some rappers out there that do funny shit. Uh, what's that dude's name? Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky, yeah. Probably the best at it. Yeah. I guess he's comedy rap, huh? Kind of? Yeah. I guess. God, I mean, but he's so good. He's so prolific, too. He, he certainly started out that way. Yeah. You know, but now he's kind of. He's got skill. Something Dude's else. got some serious skill. The way his brain works, you're like, oh, fuck. Brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite. Have you seen I like his uh, 
Pillow talking's the best. That's what I'm talking. Yeah, pillow talking. That's such a good video. Best music video. Uh-huh. You seen it? Mm-hmm. It's the best music video. And it's ten minutes long or something. Ten or thirteen. Sixteen. Yeah. I'll send that to people and be like, "Look, I know it's a music video and it's super long, but yeah. just trust me." So good. Little fucking wars going on in his fucking <laughs> nightstand. <laughs> <laughs> comedy, comedy, comedy. Yeah, he's got a pilot coming out, or he's got a TV show. Oh, I did see a uh, something for that. On Hulu FX. or something, FX. Yeah. Kevin Hart's producing it. Huh. You get that, that guy, guy to like you. <laughs> that guy does too much. He did a documentary called Don't Fuck This Up. And I was like, you should have called it Don't Put This Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, he just he did not come across very well, in my opinion. Kevin and, Hart? Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's just about like how hard he works. And it's like. Oh, yeah, he's one of those hard-working He's dudes. almost got, like, a psychopathic yeah. mentality in terms of success. Like, he just relentlessly pursues it. And it's like, dude, I don't know that the general public should be aware of how crazy you how are. this machine works. You know, I don't think that. I think he said his goal is to make a billion dollars. Yeah. That's so, a crazy goal. That is it. That's, but you shouldn't have that goal. No, you shouldn't. It's not a good goal to have. No. Like, you shouldn't. You can't spend that much money. Yeah, unless he, yeah, yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, it's what kind of brain. He's like, I gotta leave something for my kids. Like, you leave twenty thousand dollars for your kids, and they'll be fine. Like, all Trump needed was a million. That's all he needed to. <laughs> and look what he did. Look what he did with it. <laughs> look what he did. Look what it. he did. Ugh, that dude's something else, man. I think he's a comic. Oh, for sure. When I saw that he was still touring, I was like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Trump, Dude, he got the rally. He got the gig, and he's still touring. I'm like, hey, good for him. I think he's a comic. I think the dude's fucking hilarious. It's I like think when he's playing see, everybody. It's like when you see Leno pop into a comedy club. It's like, aren't you on TV tonight? Like, <laughs> don't you have another job to be doing? Yeah. Does he do that still, Leno? Yeah, yeah. Leno never quit. Leno really? never stopped. Touring. He never, he never touched his Tonight Show money. Yeah, he just oh, lives off. Of I think I heard his, uh, his act. Yeah. Wow. Dude made some. Every day I walk wow. a mile on stage. And <laughs> That's his whole thing. He he never touched his Tonight Show money. And it's like, you sure got a lot of it. Like, <laughs> What's he doing with it? Just letting it collect interest? and He doesn't have kids. He just has cars. He's got a bunch. Of, but he doesn't spend the money on the car. It's like, dude. If you don't need to, what's, I guess you don't need to, but right? where's that money going to go? It's in his bank account. He's old as fuck. He's got a wife that's old as fuck. Like. Where's that gonna go? Yeah. Oh, speaking of wives, Jack, hmm. was uh, were you three hundred thirty pounds while you were married? Oh uh, yeah. And she did she see you get big? Like how long were you guys together? Um. Like did she see the gradual incline of? Uh, she's known you since college. She's known me since I was small, but we when we got married, I was big. Did she get big too? No. She was all and she was cool with you getting that big, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's an <laughs> interest. That's a dynamic there. I mean I wouldn't. Yeah. I've always told, you know, I was married a long time ago. And I always told her, I was like, look, if you ever get big, shit ain't going to happen. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. for real. I mean, we got to, I don't know. I was just. I, That's I'm, a crazy conversation to have with a person. But you <laughs> have to. You got to be upfront with people beforehand. Yeah, like, here's yeah. what I expect. I don't expect you to turn into See, I think a, a monster. Lot of people. You know, I want, <laughs> I want, I, I'm sorry. I think a lot of people don't have that conversation. You have if we're to. We're being honest. I think a lot of people. If it's important to you, it's important to me to have yeah. to be attractive to some to the person I'm with. Yeah, I and think I'm a not lot attracted of people. To. They feel that, but they can't communicate it, and so they'll just grow apart. 
Yeah. And then there's like four or five years of resentment. And then it's like, hey, we, we're sleeping on different ends of this house. We should probably just get a divorce or whatever. You know, like, I don't think a lot of people have like a, if you get ugly, I'm out conversation. I don't think. <laughs> it's important. Communication is important. That's part of it. You got to, I mean, it's ugly, but you got to. I don't know. To me, I, I, I'm honest with my relationships on what I want, what I expect, and I hope they do the same to me. Yeah. I'm not going to get fat. I've only, I'm, I'm going to stay as attractive as I can to you for you. Like, I'm going to. You're a good looking guy. I don't I mean it that. You. Yeah, I don't mean it like that. I I've just been, mean I'm not going to let myself. I haven't been in a relationship in forever. Like, don't need to be. Fucking years. And good. I, I remember one time a girl mentioned that I was putting on some weight, and I just, I was like, I don't want to talk about this with you. And then we just never brought it up, you know? Just never. Just a touchy we, subject. We kept going for a while too. We just never brought it up again. You looking to be in a relationship? <sighs> um, so Jack, tell us about the album. <laughs> <laughs> Next subject. Sure, touchy subject. No, I don't know. I'm anti-relate. I'm not. I'm. I, I got some people that. I'm like, ooh, if I could make it work with her. Okay. I, I would make it work. With well, that's her. cool. But then I met <clears> some <throat> other people that I'm like, I wouldn't mind fucking you every couple of weeks and have my own space. So I think especially for uh, an artist type person, yeah. it's important if you can, I mean, you got to find the right person that's going to allow you to have that yeah. pursuit right. and, to, and to understand that situation. Mm-hmm. But if you're not already married, like as long as you have been mm-hmm. and with someone for that long yeah. to expect someone like you to. At this point, I got to meet someone who is in it. You know what I mean? Like they see the end game, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much I want them to participate in the end game. You know what I mean? Like I don't want like a business partner. Like, yeah, like your wife's your business partner. You know, like I don't know that I want. I don't know. Though. I don't know what I want. Okay, that's fair. In that respect. But then I've got like this one girl that I'm like, if she were, were down, I would make any sacrifices needed. This dude's going through mm-hmm. water. No, he's good. I'm good. Thank you. Well, he's Can't believe you don't have to pee yet. No, he <laughs> does. He does. Uh, trust me. He does. I do. I've had to pee for fucking 30 minutes He's now. pissed himself probably six times. God, maybe that's what I need for the show. I'm over a catheter. here fucking just dealing with it, but no. It's... <laughs> That's fine. I got to mop their hard floors. Okay. You know, this will yeah. be fine. This will be easy. I'm going to piss. That's okay. what I'm going to do. Guys. You guys want to talk for a minute? Okay. Or do you want me to pause this? We can pause it. Pause it? All right. Let's do like a hard. Don't call it a comeback. You know, I've worn green every time I've come here. Every time. Yeah. I've worn a green shirt. And it's I thought you wore that one. No, that's not a Roots of Fire. Didn't you? What, what this your is last also one? a Roots of Fire. Okay. It's a different one, though. Um... First time was Ninja Turtles, I think. Gumby. Gumby. It was Gumby, then it was uh, Freddy Roach. Yep. And then... What do you got on today? Muhammad Ali. Nice. Uh, Rumble of Jungle. Nice. That year. Yeah. Yeah, I like those Roots of Fights. They're fucking great shirts. Sure. There's so many of them. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them. Did they come out with some baseball ones or something recently? Yeah, they got baseball. They Babe got Ruth or something. Basketball. I don't know if they have... If they have I don't know if they have Babe, but they've got... Uh, Baseball, basketball, football. Um, they got Shaq. They got Rodman. But they don't have <laughs> they don't have Lakers Shaq. They have like the rights to Shaq, but they don't have the rights to the Lakers, so they can't use like purple and gold. 
Well, he's a Orlando Magic guy, anyways. That's yeah. what I associate him really? with. Really? Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. See, for me, he'll always be a Celtic. <laughs> what? <laughs> See, I'm a Cavaliers Shaq. <laughs> that guy played for some teams, man. He played for a bunch of teams. Yeah. He went on that that road tour at the end of his career. Where he's like. I got one more in me. Yeah, I got like, one more. No, you don't. <laughs> Stop. You're I just... love that dude. Now he's a DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always a rapper, kind of. Yeah, Diesel. That's his got, first like, album. Yeah, he's got video games. Shaq Fu. He's got a number of video games. There's a Nintendo yep. Switch game. Yeah. Like the Return of Shaq Fu, and it's like, dude, his marketing team is on fire. He's well, the dude's just easily marketable i mean he's just a big friendly dude i mean how yeah you'd be it can't be that hard to market that guy he markets himself he's just that dude yeah if you can't make Shaq work you've got Shaq makes it work himself right i mean he always did i mean before he was even the pros i mean he was making it on his own by breaking backboards dude he was very i remember there's like a bernie mac stand-up clip bernie mac used to have a club in chicago and Shaq happened to be there. And he was, like, still, I think he was at LSU at the time. And he was famous enough that Bernie talking about this guy was something that everyone understood. Right. So. Yeah. Not many. Uh, had it. Yeah. Not many college people can, can pull that off. Yeah. Uh, boy, you got that extra mic that really picks up that train. <laughs> I love Zion it. We got the train mic. That Zion dude's pretty good too. Yeah, they say he's the next. He's yeah. LeBron, MJ, Kobe. <sighs> Hopefully not Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> At least not until he's retired. Forty-one, man. Oh shit! Forty-one years old. Oh That's, my gosh, oh, I'm forty. That could have been me. You that one copter. More, yeah. Well, did you go to prom with Brandy or? <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish. Dude, that's how fucking Kobe's another lev logist. Yeah. He's the first guy to not go to college and go straight to the NBA. Or at least the most notable mm-hmm. like f- of those first. Yeah, guys. is that – yeah, didn't they switch the rules they up after him? change the rules to where you have to do two years. Is it two years or just a year? I think basketball is just a year. It's a year if you go to college, but it's two years if you don't, I think. Huh, that's weird. Because it was like LeBron was another one. Because LeBron didn't go to college. Yeah, that's right. LeBron was, I think, the last time they allowed that. Dude looked old even then. Dude, you look at pictures of like old fucking eighteen year old LeBron's like receding hairline. Okay, that's right. just that's... alpha male energy that he's had piercing <laughs> through his body since. Is that what it is? It's not any kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So balding is a result of excess testosterone. That's what bald people like to tell themselves. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not bald, so I I know you know, but that's uh, that's but you are gullible. But yeah, that's the propaganda. The bald people (laughs) are out there. I'm bald, but I got so much testosterone. That's why I was like, "Fuck you." Let's go do a blood. Let's go do a blood test right now. My testosterone's just fine. Okay, I got all my hair. That's what I'm talking. I want I want science involved with this, not hearsay. I only want hearsay. <laughs> it's I, more fun. Science is it's almost never on my side. No? I found. <laughs> I love science. Facts almost never pan out for me, so I just baseless speculation is kind of what yeah. I trade in. 
Whatever floats your cardboard boat. I did not believe that Kobe died when I f- heard about it. Like we got in the car and he just said it. He was like, "Oh yeah, Kobe Bryant died." And I was like, "Cool." <laughs> it's weird. I was never a big. I wasn't like a fan of his, so yeah, it doesn't. Either. It doesn't touch me. It doesn't hit me. It's just that's, weird. Mac Miller moment, by the way, when when you tell someone something like that and they don't believe you, and you just you just you know, get to see them go. I just get through. to watch him be like. Oh fuck! Yeah, <laughs> it takes it does take a minute with, yeah. with a big name like that. Like, huh? Oh shit! Forty one. But it's like oh, helicopter man. crash. What a weird way to go. Yeah, but it's like, is he's not like a public figure anymore? Really? No, I mean, you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's weird to think about. Like, would this have had the impact it would have had in his prime? You know, like the Iverson days. If that Kobe Bryant died in a fucking plane crash, it'd be like be, the blow would be of the nation or something. But now it's like, yeah, almost like a footnote. The guy's that retired. was than it could have been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. But like now, he's retired, so we don't really care. He's not shooting the ball anymore. It's yeah. I mean, he's he just, just making weird public statements. The other day, he was on record as saying, like, he's like, there's like four or five people in the WNBA that could play in the NBA. It's like, nope. there's not one. There's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of the woke culture. I bet. But he, Kobe Bryant certainly isn't part of the woke. Culture. You don't think so? After, after that incident, you don't think he suddenly had to at least pretend to be woke. I think he was such an alpha competitor. I mean, maybe he saw something in a couple of girls that, if they were in men's bodies, they would be elite level competitors. But like, as it stands, no. The way Kobe was, I th- I feel like that's less. Uh, hey, these ladies can really play, and more. Fuck five guys in the NBA. <laughs> that's oh, also that's true. true. That's, yeah, that's also true. Yeah. he's probably yeah. Hey, the the second half of that sentence is, and I can name thirty guys that should be in the WNBA. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, no kidding. That's yeah. true. Dude, yeah, those fucking alpha athlete dudes—they just ruthless. Yep. But efficient, man. That guy used to study. I mean, I'm not—I'm not a huge Kobe Bryant fan, but I, I heard that he would study animals and like the kinesiology of various animals. Mambas mostly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. No, he was into like leopards and and shit like that, like the mechanics of how their body moved and like to see what he could take from like that. He's like tight. Let's biped this up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a weird on that, like brain tip, like just of like, I want to know. He would dunk w- on someone and then drag their corpse into a tree with him. <laughs> so I learned this from a Jaguar. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted to be like the absolute best and, Towards the Anacostas team, obviously. Like, nobody mm-hmm. wanted to play with them. Like, you're. That's how it, almost all of them. I mean, that's how Jordan was, too. People didn't like Jordan. They didn't yeah. want to. They didn't like playing with him. I mean, he'd try to. I mean, he would, like, not fight people, but damn near fight his own teammates. Yeah. Kobe was, like, such a relentless, like, if you're coming to practice, he's going to practice at least a minute longer than you. Oh, yeah. Like, was... no matter how long you can go, he's going to go. Just because he can. And it's like, I don't have that. <laughs> Whatever that is. I 
Probably, a, yeah, I, I, this podcast I, I gets a lot of guests on here that that have that kind of type, similar type issue or similar type things where I just don't I, I don't understand. Like I'm talking to you, how how you did all the shit you did? Like that's incredible. Like quitting everything, losing all that weight. Like I don't know where that comes from from some certain people. Where you go from being a stoner all day every day to just a 180 and switching everything around. Like I just. I tell myself to do things like that all the time. I know shit that I'm doing wrong that I could be like, if I just eliminated this out of my life and focused more on this, I I, I could be better at life. Well, but I can't make that switch. I'm just, I don't have that discipline. I don't have, it's a discipline thing. It's gotta be. Well, and and I don't, I don't really experience it quite that way. Cause it's like it, it, the way I was when I was heavy Mm -hmm. is just hating it and just being like, man, I gotta do something. I gotta Mm -hmm. change something. And it just never took. And I, just eventually get to a point where you get the right circumstances shit scaring you or the right realization of uh you gotta take responsibility for this yeah and it change. i guess it changes and you and then you just got to survive the change long enough to ingrain it as habit that's the biggest thing because once you come out the other side of it becoming oh this is just how my day is it's easier Uh, it's it's not uncomfortable but because you're vegan now, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Why'd you go vegan? Um, you've been vegan for forever. ethical reasons. Oh, okay. Uh, and my wife and I went vegan together uh, about four or five years ago. Huh. Um, and I, I didn't actually lose any weight from it because you you're shit, just like, against uh, <clears throat> factory farming or animals dying or what? What's the yeah, what's the ethics the, behind it? Uh, just the idea that you know sentient animals are you know deserving of life and and their rights. Yeah. Jeff Dye started stopped eating pork because he met a pig. <laughs> he's telling me about it. He met a pig. Pigs are like, pigs are really close to us. Yeah, like, he's like people like people that are in like survive fires where people died. Very often have to stop eating pork because it's the same smell. Same smell of people burning and pigs cooking. Hmm, not bacon. Cannibalism. <laughs> so like old cannibal recipes. Like, and I don't know how real they are, but. Anytime cannibal cannibalism is referenced as like a delicacy, it's called long pork because the texture and taste are most similar to pork. That makes sense. Yeah. I've 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 I haven't spent a whole lot of my life thinking about what human flesh or meat would oh, taste you will. like. You will, but I ha- no, but I have <laughs> thought about it. I'm a hunter. Yeah, I uh, I believe in killing animals and eating them. <laughs> I'm all about that. Yeah. And I, so I've thought about what kinds of different meat. I think about all kinds of different meats. I want to eat a penguin so bad. But well, that's, that's insane. That'd be mostly bones. I don't know. There's I guess. There's probably very little meat. There's probably a lot of fat. But I want to cook it like a turkey. I don't think you could. I, th- I don't know. Why not? It's a bird. It's got yeah, a cavity. It's, it's mean, got yeah. a breast. It's got. Okay. It's got, I mean, it's probably the size of a, a football. But you stuff yeah, it. Yeah, penguin. You know, yeah. I mean, you can look, if you can cook a Cornish game hen, you can cook a fucking. You can penguin. cook anything. Look, I just I think it's not going to be good. I think it's I don't know. Be. I just one of those things I want to try. Yeah. And so I've thought about what humans would taste like for sure. Yeah, pork. Pork <laughs> makes sense. I never thought. Yeah, you know, I never. Yeah. yeah, but that does make sense, huh? Yeah, the other white meat. <laughs> <laughs> At least for two of us here. Well, hey oh. And I wish. You, know, you wish you were white? God, of course. I really? Mean, if we're, I mean, if we're being honest. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that'd be great. 
Mm. Like a level playing field. Maybe. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, I, I think about it a lot. About being white? Yeah. Okay. Just like, uh, it's... Is that because you grew up around all white people and you know how they think and that was... I know how you guys think. That is true. But like, (laughs) I also know, like, when I walk into a room, I'm still like an other, you know? It's like, ooh, what if I didn't have that? You mean right now, you think when you walk into a room, you're an other? Not necessarily this room, but like, certainly... Sure. Like, I was at a bar last night, you know, certainly I was the only black person in that bar. Okay. And I know that if not everyone, someone noticed. Okay. You know what I mean? Someone's like, oh, then now there's a black guy here. You know? Hmm. It's like when you see uh, like a Middle Eastern person with like a turban, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you don't know anything about that person, but you're just like, the energy of this room is a little bit different because he's in here. And, you know? Hmm. Okay. So I mean, maybe there's advantages. No, I understand. Black. I've I've definitely you know there's some chicks I've been with that have been with me because they're they've heard or they've seen from porn you know the stereotype the propaganda. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is that is propaganda. You know, and it's always been with with the disenfranchised. It started with the Jews. Started with Jews. Started with the Jews. Big with the Irish. Yeah, it's it's gone. They had comically. overstated sexual drives and even before the jews the romans and shit yeah big dicks were seen as like a common barbaric thing. yeah like it was barbaric a, you have a big dick that means you have a small brain like you're an yeah. idiot if you have a big dick and it's like yeah no. if you look at all the art like the statues and stuff they all have tiny dicks the smallest dicks possible mm-hmm. because that that's more masculine to them and it's like it's weird how that does not reflect itself in porn at all. Like, if you saw a tiny dick in porn and you didn't seek that out, you'd be like, what the fuck? Who is seeking that out? Oh, probably, there's someone. Probably there a, is, right? people, yeah. Tiny there's there's got to be a market. Oh, for sure. There's got to be. We should look up on Pornhub and I'm just good. type in tiny I dick. I just realized that Pornhub saves every video that you look at. To what? So, like, I have an account. Uh-huh. So, like, every video that I've ever seen is on... Well, that's okay. No, it's not. It's just that you just <laughs> looked at it. That doesn't mean that's what you're into. Right. But like sometimes I go back and I'm like, oh, oh man, that was quite the rabbit hole you went through. Like, you know, and it's chronological. So you can like see the. You can see the transition that the, yeah, the steps of like, you started here and now you just you need something freakier and freakier every time you see that, that graph going higher. Yeah, and higher. Thank God it doesn't tell you like what I search for. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what's your advice, Jack? Good luck. I don't know, man. Good luck. You gotta have something. It right. used to be. Well, it used I, to be McDonald's. Used to be McDonald's. Used to be weed. And I, I feel like, I, I feel like those are probably still the vices. It's just I'm. Okay. Them. No, that that's a great answer. There's not active vices. He doesn't. have Perfect. Them. Like whereas I'm like, you have mushrooms. I'll do mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have so much shit to do today, and I should not have done that. But I don't. You know, it's fine. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna pull through. I imagine I will survive this. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a strong possibility. I don't think it killed me, and I think we've probably weathered the worst of it. And I can't say we came out better, but <laughs> we certainly did it. You did it. Well, that's true. <laughs> we watched you do it. You guys watched it happen. You guys allowed it to happen. You guys were enablers. Uh, that's what I am. I I don't tell other adults what to do. 
I won't let Siri tell me what to do, and I won't tell other people what to do. You live your life, man. That'd be just a great business card to have. Just enabler. (laughs) 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 I'll let you decide what that means. Yep. Oh, wow. My business card used to say, when I was a dating coach, used to say facilitator of life-changing events. Dating coach? Yeah, it was like 20, 21. The hell was a dating coach involved? Like, what is that? So that's what that's when like pickup artistry was big. Oh, okay. So like, mystery, mystery, Neil Strauss, like all those guys. The game. Yeah, we were on the forums and okay, trading our stories of like, I would have closed, but then it's like, no, you almost raped someone. Is what that story is. <laughs> like looking back, it's like, yeah, man, it seems like you were, uh, you got told no a bunch and uh, you didn't quite pick up on the. Now that's an interesting oh. scene. Or I don't. Know, I'm sure it's still out there. I've seen. Oh, it's it's a it's definitely still out there. The pickup artist scene, PUA. It's kind of grown into the um, men's rights activism community. Once I saw those guys kind of like looking at us as heroes, I was like, I should get out of this. <laughs> and then I was already doing comedy by then, so mm-hmm. I was like, this is. Oh, so you you were doing like the teaching dudes how to pick yeah. up women. We had a we had a house down in on the plaza. Dude, we were we were very serious about this. Really? Yeah. So how many great. of you uh pickup artist coaches? Is that what you guys were pickup artist coaches? It was Is like that seven of us? And there was like seven of us. We all are like nicknames and What was your nickname? Spot. Spot? This was the only black guy. <laughs> if you take a picture of us, I would be the spot. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, man. No, dude, there was and two hundred and fifty an hour, three hour minimum. You know, we were just stacking paper from these fucking business dudes. You know, hey, I'm 50 years old, millionaire, never had, never had sex with a woman. No way. Yeah, dude. A lot of guys, like, you know, you look at Floyd Mayweather, can't read. Right. You know, like, a lot of guys just compartmentalize and prioritize, like, business. And so they're just like, I'm going to do super good at this. And then they they reach whatever zenith they go to and they're like oh fuck this is hollow like i have this beautiful house and i've never known the touch of a woman and i'm 50 isn't that what you do it for i mean isn't that i, I, I guess that's my ignorance but i think but people want to be millionaires to have the dope house to get that trophy I think wife they or whatever thought you know that what i mean came with it i think they and thought it that at some point it doesn't have to you know what I mean? Like if you're just going boardroom to boardroom, meeting to meeting, and you can you can accumulate the tools without knowing how to utilize them. Yeah, I would think at that point though, if you if you got a million dollars, you got women just throwing themselves not at you, but at least think about how many lawyers you know. Mm-hmm. Think about how many look like you, and then think about how many don't look like you. Okay. Like some of these guys are just anonymous blobs and. No chick is gonna walk up and talk to him, and that makes sense too. So they just, yeah. How do you work in? Also, I have a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They just don't develop any social skills. By the way, so we would just take those guys and like. That's not a rental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I own that car and this building that we're in. You know, right? But we, it was just law of averages. It's like if you just talk to more girls, you'll have success. But they didn't. They didn't know how to open. They didn't know anything. So it's like we just give them the basics of tools. 
and they're seeing dramatic growth because it's like really like your shit was working. Dude, he's still using the terminology like he's in the boardroom of this fucking company. <laughs> they're seeing dramatic growth year over year. Well, I mean, it's like uh, so the quarter's almost down. <laughs> the pussy index is up. Yeah, you see dramatic growth in anything you do at the beginning of it. You know, like when you were a comedian, your first your first set to your fifth set was probably a remarkably different mm-hmm. person. You know what I mean? And so just imagine that grow you like you're seeing a grown man do that. It's like mm-hmm. you know. Was it fun? Were you getting any kind of I mean, like, were you getting, like, satisfaction <laughs> of these dudes? Yeah. Of, like, hey, I've taught this dude to actually do it, and he closed the deal. Like, was that, like, Yeah, sweet? we were kind of b- bought into the system. Like, we were just, you sort of start drinking your own Kool-Aid, and you're like, we're changing people's fucking lives. And it's like, but you were, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I look back, and a lot of it's, like, kind of rapey stuff. Hmm. You were so unleashing the, creeps into the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was giving, but only only seeing the feedback from the creep side of it. So you're like, well, this is we yeah, were affecting yeah, yeah. positive change in lives, but not even seeing the other half that was how many fucking women got put in awful situations yeah, yeah, yeah. because of <laughs> the motherfuckers you were empowering yeah, to go yeah. after them. Okay, what kind of situations would be kind of a uh, sketchy kind of ooh distasteful? Well, some of the guys that like we. You know, we were kind of like, so we, we gravitated towards like the Neil Strausses and like the, you know, stuff like that. But then there's guys like Ross Jeffries, who's like, his whole thing is like neuro-linguistic programming. So like, I can have a conversation with you and I'm dropping words in that are making you suggestible. And okay. it's like, at that point, like, <clears throat> how much of this is a willing thing versus a coerced thing? You know, like how much of this is something that... Almost like, hypnotic? Yeah. Like, is this something that this person would agree to again, you know, like, I don't know. I, I started looking at it and it's like, this is not, first of all, we're giving too many weird fucking guys, like literal, like kryptonite, you know? And it, I don't know. I just stopped being appealing pretty quickly. With great power comes great responsibility. And these people were not responsible. Right. Dude. Imagine like the fucking guys that get told, no like the movie joker imagine okay. if that guy got pussy like imagine someone can teach that guy to get pussy mm-hmm. but then like on a certain level he starts thinking i deserve pussy and i deserve it from these beautiful you know or whatever he's into but mm-hmm. it's like you don't deserve anything you know what i mean you can certainly be rewarded with or earn certain things but like you don't deserve access to another person's body and, right uh that's kind of what turned me off it's just seeing like we would help these guys and then just seeing how they would pervert it into like we are meant to and it's like ah, i'm good and yeah. some of them are still in, some of the guys i know are still in it and it's like dude still teaching it or are the, the crew that you were running with are they still they're not no one i don't know that i know that anyone still teaches it but i know guys that still live by it and like this guy's like that's wife. gotta be an uncomfortable aging process yeah still being in that shit yeah <laughs> no dude i know guys like this dude's been in it he started at 17 and so like holy cow he's been in it his whole life and he's like yeah my wife is a she's an hb six plus five yeah it's like oh dude like just call your wife you know <laughs> yeah like you don't have to rate your wife's attractiveness and like it it's just it's like sickening kind of to like 
Ooh. And he sells uh, nudes on the internet. I don't. Okay, guys. Nope. Which camera? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I what I do is I allow people the opportunity to make money. So he's not pimping. He's pimp adjacent. <laughs> yes. It's That's a gray I, area, but the gray area has a very loud hat. <laughs> <laughs> certainly a purple area. <laughs> but yeah, it's a weird life that guy's got. Uh, fucking all the way bought into. Like And that's still going on. It is. It is. Yeah, all the men's rights stuff. Dude, so <clears throat> I like, haven't I don't pay too much attention to men's rights activist stuff. So they're on the fringes of like the second amendment stuff, like the, you know, I don't care what you do with a gun. If you got a gun in here, that's cool, you know. But if you're wearing military fatigues at Target and you didn't serve, oh yeah. And you've got like a a fucking there's a dude with like a five foot sniper rifle and it's like that's yeah not those dudes for, are weird that's not for protecting your home man right it's not for is, is that the measurement you use to describe a gun he's got a five foot sniper rifle well that was just like the that was like the twitter headline it was like oh, okay it was this dorky fucking dude with this poorly fitting military uniform and he had this fucking long ass night and it's like He's just LARPing at that point. It's like, dude, that is an anti-material weapon that can fucking decimate a soldier in a tank. And it's like, you have that for your house? Like, what? It it serves no practical purpose. And it's only to compensate for some sort of lack in, in your yeah. psyche or something. Brain. You know, like. Like I said, have guns, hunt, do whatever you got. But at a certain point, it's like you don't need overkill. Yeah. You know, I look at like my character in Fallout and it's like, <laughs> like you, know, you can just carry a bunch of shit on you. And it's like I, I usually have like a rocket launcher on me. And it's like I don't need that and I'll never use it and I shouldn't even have it. But there it is. There it is. There it is, everybody. There it is. Let's wrap this up in a nice little bow. Ooh. Uh-huh. Album promo? Album Show. promo. See how... Yeah. Will, will there be a point where this will be available on, like, Spotify? Mm-hmm. On the 14th, it'll be on, I oh. think, all the major streaming services. Okay. Everything. Um, yeah, it's it's coming out on everything. How, right. do you, how do you want people to... What is your... If you could tell people to access this, do you want them to buy the physical copy, iTunes, Spotify? Like, what's the most beneficial way for people to listen and enjoy this i my i would love it if people would um pre-order the digital copy on copy on itunes or amazon's okay that w- itunes or amazon yeah i like it uh itunes just <laughs> yeah just get like one it. itunes just get please. one itunes itunes youtube um that w- that would definitely help me out as far as um charting mm-hmm. on the day it comes out um trying to get as high as we can on the uh, itunes comedy charts uh they so, have is the biggest i mean unless you're jim gaffigan then it doesn't matter yeah but the the pre-sales and the first day sales on on itunes are the biggest thing um but to be honest anybody who wants to seek it out and support me with a listen or a buy uh you know how, whatever's most convenient for you would be fantastic and the name of it and how you want people to get it i mean it's called i mean you, you go it, ahead it's the decline and fall of jack Marywell. Um, if you want a physical copy, you can get it on my website, jackmarywell.com. Digitally, right now, you can pre-order it on Amazon or iTunes, and then it'll come up on 
any streaming service you can imagine. Google Play, Spotify, yep. uh, Tidal. Yep. Tidal's checks are nice. <laughs> yeah. And that's uh, February 14th is the release date. It's awesome, man. I had no idea. <clears throat> Brandon reached out to me and said, uh, I got a buddy that has an album coming out. Can I get you on the show? I was like, all right, dope. Yeah. And then I started looking. I was like, what kind of music does he play? What are, <laughs> I had no idea you were a comic. I thought oh. it was like musician oh, type is, stuff. I was like, all right, I can't wait. Let me. Ch-. And then I started looking up trying to, I was like, well, shit, I don't see anything on Spotify. Yeah. Every musician has shit on Spotify. I was like, all right, well, let me just uh, YouTube this dude real quick. And then comedy stuff came out. I was like, huh. Oh, album. Maybe it's a comic. And so then I started, <laughs> yeah. it can't, you know, if you just YouTube your name, Kansas City comic yeah. stuff pops up. I was like, oh, okay. And but like, I, so most artists don't even know how to get on I, on iTunes or Spotify. And that's kind of what we're helping people do with Confident Squid is like, all of that stuff is not intuitive to being an artist. You know, we've kind of talked about like, you focus on one level of a thing. Mm-hmm. And like Floyd Mayweather wouldn't know how to book a fight. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't know the mechanics that mm-hmm. like a Leonard Ellerby or like a, what's that fucking guy? Um, the big promoter. Al Heyman. Don King. No, Don, not Don King. Uh, Al Heyman. Uh, you know, he, w- he wouldn't know the mechanics that go into that, but he still needs that aspect. So mm-hmm. we're like, hey, you don't have to know how to get on Spotify, but we'll get you there. You know, you don't have to know how to design an album front to back, inside and out, you know, but if you just have the concept, we can get you from concept execution. It's a huge part of the battle. Painlessly, I mean, pretty much. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I mean, yes. I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't consider myself an artist per se as a podcaster, but neither would I. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, no. But there is, with certain things like this, like I don't know how to promote. I don't know how to. There's only so much I, I know how to podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I know how to do, and I think a lot of artists are like that. I mean, I see with the with the rappers that I have on. They're like, I know how to rap, but I don't know exactly how to yeah promote my shit and do all this other stuff. So it's it's cool that you guys have that little thing out there. And yeah, all kinds of artists you guys want to work with, or is it just kind of we just want musicians and comics or like everything? Any, any kind of, mm-hmm. Okay, we're open to anything. Anybody who needs, we just want to help people or? execute dreams. You know, you want to mm-hmm. shoot a special, you want to do. Whatever you want to do, we can help you do it. You know, social media help. We got people that do that. We got, we got a team. Confident Squid. How do uh, people out there find that? Uh, We're going to be launching February 1st, confidentsquid.com, Confident Squid on Facebook. Uh, Phenomenal. Yeah. Jack and Brandon, you guys were the shit. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys coming in here. Anytime. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hell yeah. Cool. When's your show? That's it. Uh, February 17th at the Rhino. It's a Monday. It's President's Day. So hopefully some people have off. I'm telling people now, call in sick to work the next day or (laughs) ask for it off now. Yeah, yeah. Come late. Come have a fucking party. It's going to be a good time. It's a really unique show. Two awesome comics. My dumb ass with a great guest that I'm going to interview. And then two music acts that I stand behind. Like these are legit music artist it's gonna be a good time drink smoke whatever people want to do <laughs> just party it up call in sick the next day and yeah february 17th at the rhino tickets will be for sale on probably monday or tuesday they're 10 bucks on eventbrite before the show and 15 bucks at the door Dope. that's it and when does this go live this episode i don't know a couple weeks okay i'll let you guys know cool
What date are we? It's February 20-something today. I will get it out before your release. Yep. Let me look at the calendar real quick. Well, fuck it. Let's end the show, and then I'll let <laughs> you guys know. Uh, thank you guys again. Yeah, We're out of here. Bye. 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 Bye.